Everybody's a dreamer And everybody's a star And everybody's in movies It doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And when you walk down Hollywood Boulevard The names are written in concrete Don't step on Grady Garbo As you walk down the boulevard She looks so weak and fragile That's why she tried to be so hard But they turned her into a princess And they sat her on her throne But she turned her back to stardom Cause what, Bill? She wanted to be alone She wanted to fucking be alone Some people want to be alone You can see all the stars as you walk down Hollywood Boulevard Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to Wheezing the Pod. That's not the title of it. That would be the title if, if it were just... <laughs> if the seasons had titles. <laughs> This is going to be the title of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Welcome to Sicko and Ebert, I guess. <laughs> This, this, is a, this is a podcast for real. This is a podcast for nobody. Yeah, <laughs> this is a podcast this is, for this us. This is something nobody asked for. Yeah, this is like barely even a podcast for us. This is a podcast that I feel like the idea for this like came to both of us at the same time in a dream and just yeah. was like foisted upon us. <laughs> yeah, it came to it's like because you did a you did a, a neural blend art for Siko and Ebert. Uh huh. Um. Which just popped into my head, and that yeah, and then I didn't really think about it, uh, and then I I had a moment when I was like I just had polish ore on my mind, <laughs> as you do, as you do, and, and then I thought, damn, I I want to find out what his movies actually are like, <laughs> but you gotta have you gotta justify that, uh, you gotta have a reason, yeah, I can't just. I can't just go out there and watch <laughs> Polly Shore's filmography just for my own good. Yeah, you have to have you have to have a goal in mind. You can't just spend your time doing that because you need to do it in the name of something. I guess we're doing a great job at explaining this podcast. But, yeah, uh, this is this is a prestige series by by me and Roy. Yeah, um, it's about giving is, the auteurs respect. In This is an experiment in uh, testing out the parasociality of our audience. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, see how much they can tolerate. <laughs> see how much they're gonna listen to something just because people they know are doing it. Right. <laughs> they can't imagine anyone be like, I want, I want to listen to a podcast about Encino Man. Everybody wants, people have been banging down my door, begging me to talk <laughs> about Polly Shore's Encino Man. <laughs> the Encino heads are out there. The real Encino heads. Um, so we're going to the the uh, <laughs> the thing of this podcast. What's what's the, what's the word for it? The concept of this podcast, I guess, mm -hmm. um, is we're going to watch all of Polly Shore's movies. Yeah, the um, the important ones. Of which, yes, we're not gonna watch the we're not gonna watch the ones where he like just like played a very little role. But between. 
1992, which I believe was the year this movie came out in 96. He starred in, he was a, he was a leading actor in five movies to um, decreasing commercial success. <laughs> as, commercial uh, and critical Wikipedia success, I bet. <laughs> and I mean, this is the best one, I assume. <laughs> From so what I it, hear. <laughs> if you go to the Wikipedia page for Pauly Shore. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. It says, Pauly Shore from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. And then under that, it says, quote unquote, the weasel <laughs> redirects here. For other uses, see weasel parentheses disambiguation. Oh, precisely what I was looking for. Paul Montgomery Shore, um, an American actor, comedian, and filmmaker best known for his roles in several comedy films in the 1990s. <laughs> he is half a year older than my mom. <laughs> This man is old enough to be your father. Imagine, imagine this is your father. Like, I, I don't. Want to. <laughs> no one would want to, but imagine, like, he he is old enough to be. <clears throat> I imagine the father of like many many of us. Yeah, like looking. Does he have kids? Uh, probably. Usually, it says on the side thing, but it doesn't say here. Here, no, let me. It doesn't really say anything about his personal life. Let me, I'm Googling it. Hold on, does Polly Shore have kids? <laughs> Polly Shore net worth. <laughs> this, hold on, let me oh, show you this. Polly Shore's net worth. The, the, the alarm is going off in the background over there because they heard me Googling yeah, about Googling Polly Shore un- net worth. <laughs> unusual amounts of traffic on Polly Shore's Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I sent this because I wanted you to see the picture of him. He looks rough. Uh... But then it says, Paulie is a famous American actor in Hollywood. He also doubles up as a co- as a director, a comedian, producer, as well as a writer. Known on stage by Paula Shore. <laughs> his real name is Paul Montgomery Shore. I don't think that's what he's known by on stage. I'm not 100% sure on that. God, but this link leads to paulishore.com, which is apparently his website. Uh, oh my god. Oh uh, my god. Well, another excellent image. Oh boy. <laughs> He has, he has a comedy tour right now. Oh, like you could see boy. him in Burbank, California tomorrow. <laughs> <coughs> so to all of our listeners out in Burbank, he has <laughs> tour dates in. Oh my god, his current comedy prog- program is okay. So he had a show. Last week, with Polly Shore and the Krusties. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Which is his band. You might, you, you will hear a little bit of that in our, or you have heard a little bit of that in our intro music. Yeah, in case you were so, begging to know what our, what our intro was. Yeah. And then the show he has tomorrow in Burbank is one man show, Stick With The Dancing, Polly Shore, Funny Stories From My Childhood. Uh-huh. I'm trying to see. I wish his I wish his tour dates page was formatted like a normal tour dates page, but you have to go month by month and hover over the <laughs> the date. And it seems like every single show he does is a different one. Yeah, like they all have they all have unique art. Yeah, um, his his artist is uh, whoever he's got hired to do his his little his art pieces. Yeah. Okay, is, he does a. In January, he's going to do a whole tour of uh, Stick With The Dancing. Okay. In, uh, 
Actually, he's gonna perform in Utah three days in a row. Uh, on December 30th, uh, if you, all of our Vegas listeners can stop by the Plaza Hotel for Polly Palooza. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> which, That's which, how I want to celebrate New Year's Eve. Which is one hour long. <laughs> 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. God. <laughs> um, I guess... I was, my... I was really hoping that they, that... I could just see his like regular ass tour dates because if he was coming anywhere near here, um, yeah. or anywhere near you, I mean, get. And he's not gonna come to Germany. I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> we have enough problems. <laughs> uh, I am looking at his merch. It looks pretty sick. Uh, some some relevant some items relevant to today's topic, but um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've looked at. Uh... At his Instagram recently, because uh, it just doesn't link properly. Obviously, yeah, he did. He did a, a birthday post for a couple of weeks ago when I last checked when we were planning this podcast. He did a mm-hmm. birthday post for uh, Brendan Fraser. Oh, oh, I love that. Um, of course, I can't open it because I have to be logged into. But but this is this is a po- this is a photo from like twenty years ago. Like I don't think they're still in touch. He's. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. In in his memory. Um, we're gonna talk about Encino Man. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Encino Man. Uh, which is which is uh, a movie. But I guess before we get to that, do you have any history with the man? Um. Sure. I feel like I should. You know, like I I I was like. I guess not quite old enough to like you know be around for the 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 Polly Golden days, but um mm-hmm. definitely not active in it. But I feel like I would have heard the name back then. Um, mostly, I just remember references to him. I remember like yeah. I remember funny weird Al uh, making <laughs> a joke of him uh, in in Albuquerque parentheses song. I remember them referencing him in Clueless. That's the type of shit I remember. Um, uh-huh. I've seen... I have seen Encino Man before, but it was a million years ago. I don't think I saw the entire thing. It was probably on TV. Um, I, I did not remember... And we'll, we'll get to this. I did not remember the drip. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I can't believe. Happening here. There's, there's some magic happening with the drip here. <laughs> <laughs> My... My story with Polly Shore is that I was listening to the podcast Hollywood Handbook like back in like 2016-ish mm-hmm. uh, and they had Polly Shore on, on an early episode and he was like the worst guest <laughs> on any podcast. Like, I, if I, I'm not sure how many of the listeners are familiar with this podcast, but like they kind of in the early days had a thing going on that they were like pretending to be like these Hollywood big shots who at the same time like also had like very fragile egos so like every time they had like a a famous guest on they both tried to like at the same time like really impress him but also wanting to be his friend and and the guests either got it and played into it which which was fun Uh or they didn't get it which could also be fun but Polly was like this weird middle thing where he just 
seem to be really insulted by this. You never want to be in the middle. That's, that's the worst place to be. Like, he was just... He just seemed to be really irritated by not being able to parse on what level of irony they are. And he also had, like, really thin skin because they were, like... They were talking about... They were, like, playing into his thing of being, like, washed up. Uh-huh. And being, uh, you know, having been a celebrity in the 90s, but 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 also, like, you know, pretend acting like Biodome was, like, the biggest movie. I think he was just really confused by that. <laughs> there was one point, which is, like, the lowest moment, uh, and this is, like, <laughs> this, is so, this is the thing that genuinely sucks and it made Polly like, appear in a really bad light, but there was a bit where they were, like, Asking him to teach them how how to say uh, "we's the Jews," <laughs> which he says in this movie we're gonna talk today. Yeah, famous. And then quote. he said it, and then one of the hosts, Sean, said it, and Polly seemed to be like really insulted by this, and he said in in complete earnestness, replied with, "Why are you saying it like a homo?" <laughs> <laughs> and you could feel the air in the studio wow. just completely freeze as he said that. Like they just didn't know how to navigate this. That's not great. <laughs> not a great look there, Polly. But since then, I've been fascinated by the existence of him. <laughs> why Why he's is just, this man? He's just such a guy. And like, <laughs> he really is such a guy. Of his, of his movies, and they all look fake. Yeah, none of these like, movies are real. We, and Sino Man is the one that looks most like a, a real movie. Uh-huh. But... The later you get in his very short <laughs> career he had in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, the, with each subsequent movie, the posters are going to look more and more fake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, These, the, the movies look like gag movies that you would see in the background yeah. of something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, because I don't think we properly explained the concept of this podcast, but it's kind of what we're going to do uh what we're trying to do here on Sickle and Ebert is to look at these types of movies. Look at look at people who had people like Polly who had like very brief bursts of fame and then still exist, yeah. but like barely. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a there's maybe like a sixty forty chance that if you say their names, somebody will know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the 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 older we get, the older I get at least, because I'm already old. But, um, <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if we want to give away, um, one of our future topics. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at the start of our next series, if this is the next one that we do. But, um, we did have that moment where just, like, our brains connected, like, via electricity, and we both looked each other in the eyes and said, Yahoo Serious. Oh. <laughs> the most psychically connected i've ever been to another person in my life <laughs> i have seen young einstein and that's a better movie than this i don't know how his later movies are though because i uh, feel like he had like that was the only one that like kind of made it big yeah um, well, we're gonna talk about the weasel um inspired by inspired, <laughs> yeah. wikipedia says before he had his movie career he had a, he had a short stand-up career and this this kind of ties into this movie uh-huh. um because uh says inspired by his parents working comedy and show business 17 year old shore made his stand-up debut uh at the alley cat bistro in Culver city um 
And then there's a quote here. It says, everyone else in school, I can't do a poly voice, yeah. was filing out their SAT application, but I just passed mine back. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. <laughs> um, and then it says, while touring in the comedy circuit, Short cultivated an alter ego persona called The Weasel. Let's go. The Weasel involved Short speaking in surfer parlance, heavily peppered with dude speak slang, <laughs> such as edged, melons, and grinding. As well as his catchphrase, hey buddy. <laughs> Dude speak. And this is this is the beauty of this project we're doing, is that this is this is just like an era that aged like oh. that's the thing that ages badly. <laughs> <laughs> that aged like a polyshore movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's... Like, we're going to talk about some specific stuff about this movie, but man, <laughs> this is like a type of guy that you don't get anymore. This is this is a singular type of guy. This is a type of guy where there's only one of them, but it still counts as a type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like he's trying to, like, it's like he's trying to reference things that don't exist. Yeah, it's... uh, Watching Encino Man and hearing him say the things that I heard come out of his mouth (laughs) was like... It's... It's like... It's literally like... I know this is overused, but it's like an alien who, like, is trying to do slang, but is coming up with it off the top of his head. (laughs) Yeah. And people are just going with it. They just know... Like yeah, none of these slang phrases track. Like, this is slang from another dimension. This is slang from gonna... the yeah. This is slang from the Berenstein universe. Yeah, <laughs> like he's gonna say things like grindage, like total grindage. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking? Like his, one of his things is that he's gonna add edge uh-huh. to everything. Like yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the things that we'll eventually talk uh, about, but I, I, I guess I can bring this up quickly, that uh, I found one Encino uh, Man fanfic on uh, Wattpad. I can't wait to look at this. Where the, where the author comes up with dude-speak type nicknames for her OC character. Let's go! So, you know, the weasel lives on. The in, weasel um, lives on. In what fanfic, I guess. Um, <laughs> there is there is an entire category for slang in the Encino Man wiki, which oh yeah. which we can, can look at eventually. But <laughs> um, I feel like we need to we I need think... to we need to introduce the text before we analyze it. I think I think it's time to get to uh, <laughs> Encino Man. This is such an such an interesting movie in in. That's Just the first time any is... human being has said this is such an interesting movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have an argument to make. <laughs> make it, Encino make it good. Is, it's an interesting place because it's not... A, it's the star-making vehicle for both... for both Pauly Shore and Brendan Fraser at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Two people who got... I know. Brandon Fraser's career career is less dead than Paulie's, but like both of them are such a time capsule in a way. Mm-hmm. 
um, in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but it's, it is kind of mind-melting to, to, to know that this is... Because this was also Brendan Fraser's first movie. Yeah. Right? It was his first starring role. Yeah. And it's Paulie Shore's first starring role. And, uh, and the movie kind of tries to tries to be... The movie is so insanely committed to be a star-making vehicle to for Paulie Shore. Oh, it's trying so hard. This movie loves him. It's just trying so hard to make him happen. Uh-huh. This movie loves him. This movie is holding him in the palm of its hand and going, look at my sweet little boy. Don't you love him? Don't you love my little man? And then it's got Brendan Fraser behind him, who's fucking huge. And you even, I'm not going to steal your tweet. I'm not going to steal your tweet, but you said the best thing about this movie. (laughs) Which is that it's built around the concept that Brendan Fraser is huge. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's, that's the movie. Like, that's... It's like a fish-out-of-water story for Brandon Fraser's caveman character, and at the same time, like, college, not, like a high school, high school loser to uh, getting a girlfriend story for, uh, what's his face? Sean Astin. Sean Astin, who is the third main character. And then also, on top of that, <laughs> the movie that tries to make Polly Shore happen and it these three things don't really they, they yeah. don't really work together. no they're no <laughs> um it's it i mean say what you will this is also the one thing that this movie did launch is uh-huh. brendan fraser's brief career as a man whose only roles were a guy being brought into the future in some way or another. <laughs> and that's another that's another series that we could look at, honestly, if you ask me. There's yeah, this one. Can, yeah. This one, there's George of the Jungle. A good note yeah. For the future. I mean, this is this is the things that, the, the other people we were talking about doing or the, the types of series we were talking about doing all intersect with Polly in some way. Yeah. Like, there's gonna be there's gonna be another guy I uh I might want to talk about who also shows up in one of these poly films. So. Oh, I can't wait. I, yeah, I see. I still have his uh, wiki page up, and and there is there is definitely very much a name on this page <laughs> that we have confirmed we are absolutely going to be talking about at some point. Um, yep, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Uh, uh, this movie, I think, just as because we don't want our listeners to watch this movie. Yeah, you don't have to do that. I had to pay three dollars and ninety nine cents for this movie. You don't need to do that. Yeah, if you're now thirty minutes into this episode uh, and you already like before the episode watched the movie, we're sorry. Yeah, like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go that hard. But um, yeah, it's about brief summary of the movie in one sentence is um, Brendan, Pauly Shore, and Sean Astin are high school losers who dig out a caveman. And mm-hmm. That's it. Brendan Fraser Caveman. Yeah. He's big. There's and antics. The rest of it is centered around like this the around three things, right? It's centered around Brendan Fraser being a hunk. <laughs> it's centered around Sean Astin being awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then Polly Shore being the weasel. Exactly, yeah. That's what this movie is about. Weirdly, though, this movie does have 
themes, and we'll get to this, but this is fundamentally, at its heart, this is a movie about parenting. This is a movie about being, yeah, being the teenage boy parents of a very large caveman son. (laughs) (laughs) And the trials and tribulations thereof. And, and... We'll we'll get to it, but um, we I think we we finally need to get into this. Um, let's let's get into the details. Yeah, because much like to. much like this movie, it's taken us long enough to get into it. The movie starts with the longest credits I've ever sat through. <laughs> um, they go on for fucking ever, and I feel like this movie should have had like a like a nineties cartoon like animated intro. I feel like it should have done that, you know? Like, yeah. where they have animated cartoon Pauly Shore, which I would have loved to see. Um, I mean, it would have been better. Like, this yeah. this is this, this is the other... The intro is doing the thing, which is like a classic joke in, in 90s comedy, I guess. It's doing the thing that it's trying to sell us... It's trying to pretend it to be a very different type of movie than it actually is. Yeah. Because, like... like the both the intro and the opening sequence are like this serious caveman movie. Yeah, it's the serious caveman drama that I can barely see. It's um Brendan Fraser caveman walking around, um, and he gets into a cave and I guess there's a cave lady in there. I couldn't make yep. it out because the lighting is horrible. And um then there's I mean, rumbling and the cave collapses and he yells. Yeah. When this cave wife comes back towards the end of the movie, or at the very end of the movie, I completely forgot about her. Like, yeah. They don't do a great job of communicating this. Uh, yeah, they don't, yeah. I could barely tell that she was a cave woman in the beginning, because, yeah. like I said, the lighting is bad. Um, so I just kind of guessed, right? And, yeah, like, and thankfully like, I guessed correctly. There's, like, these cave, cave, caveman sounds, right? Like, there's this nature sounds, and it's... Very serious. It's insufferably uh, pretending to be serious at the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, and it does the... Uh, underneath uh, the credits saying, And Polly Shore! In huge <laughs> letters. Because we gotta know. Um, there's yeah, also a... Pro- uh... Yeah. There's also a producer named George Zaloom, which is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. Thanks, George. I'm pretty sure it's directed by a guy named Les Mayfield in his directorial oh, debut. Oh, right? yeah! So is, I wanted to talk about this. This is so many people's debut. I know. Oh, my God. Because what else did this um, fucking dude do? Um, oh, my God. This is a fucking filmography. Holy right? shit. Yeah. Because he didn't do much. But one thing but he did the do... the ones he did... Encino Man is his first one. Number his second movie, nineteen ninety four, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. The remake. The remake, yeah, the uh, one with Richard Attenborough and Mario yeah. Wilson. Uh, his third movie, nineteen ninety seven. Let's go. Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> the big one, the one you might know. <laughs> yep. And then after that, it's like movies you have not, have not heard of, right? Uh, yeah. He made four more movies: Blue Streak, American Outlaws, The Man, and <laughs> Codename The Cleaner, starring Cedric the Entertainer, <laughs> starring Cedric the Entertainer and Lucy Liu. 
Uh, oh my god. Really good. Really good. That's a fucking career. <laughs> uh, I also believe this is a Disney movie, by the way. Oh, good. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> all of... I, th- I think all of Polly Shore's movies were done by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, under one of their under one of their sub labels, uh, which was I guess targeting dude bro surfers. <laughs> the dude bro surfer imprint. There's a there's a weird anecdote that um, he had a minor voice acting role in the Goofy movie. Yeah, for which he asked to be uncredited. Do you want to guess why? Do you have any? <sighs> idea why he could have done that you wouldn't guess it i just i just say it i have no idea i don't he didn't want uh he didn't want that uh disney market the movie by his name recognition alone just like they did with robin williams on aladdin (laughs) 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 this dude in the 90s thought he was as big as robin williams because the one thing everybody knows about about disney's aladdin is that robin williams was in it yeah. That was really its its vehicle. That was really its one selling point. Oh my god. That was kind of later in his career, too. Wasn't that like 95 or something? 96? Yeah, that was like after... And like, he still... He had two like starring vehicles, yeah. He thought. But to get back to the actual film, though, because it is a film... Yes. Um, there's yeah, there's there's an earthquake and Brendan Fraser Caveman yells and then Samwise Gamgee is having an earthquake nightmare. Yep. Um Sean Astin wakes up. Um fun fact about this movie, they had to film it uh with Sean Astin always being much closer to the camera than the than everyone else cuz he is actually very small. I've seen that in Lord of the Rings. So. <laughs> Famously, he um, an icy this- falls on him. From like off of yep. his ceiling somehow. Icy's get products placed a lot. I, I I realized something like as I was thinking about this movie, um, and it specifically ties to like the the bit that's just like coming after this. Um, mm-hmm. Is that making a movie about California is the least relatable a movie can be. <laughs> So true, I think bestie. scientifically. Yeah. There's, like, I, there's just... No. Nothing I can hold on to here with Sean Astin's character, Dave. Yeah, th- nothing. You know what's hilarious? Earthquakes are a big part of this movie, right? Earthquakes yeah. do a lot of plot lifting. Um, and I have been to California before. Um, and I do know that earthquakes are very much a real thing in California. And um, the one time I went to California... Uh, I was over there and I was actually visiting Fallon and we were at like a mall or something and I get a text from my dad and he says, we just had an earthquake all the way on the other side of the country in Virginia, like 2000 miles away. And we never, I have, we've never had an earthquake here. We like, it just doesn't happen because we're not anywhere near a fault line. So he texts me and he's like, we just had an earthquake. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, the entire time I was in California, no earthquakes. Over here, though, so that happened, and uh, it uh, the big funny meme that came after that was that, like, somebody took a picture of, like, their backyard with, like, a lawn chair tipped over, and was like, retweet if you remember the earthquake of August 24th, 2011, or whatever it was. 
<laughs> the Great Virginia Earthquake. Great. Yep. My dad my dad got really scared and like ordered my brother out of the shower he was taking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta fucking talk about this movie. By the way, it's yeah. also called uh I forgot to mention this in New Zealand, Asia, France, and the United Kingdom. Oh yeah. This movie is called California Man. <laughs> Somehow an even worse title than Encino Man. So bad. So bad. The, the <sighs> joke, like, because I think, like, the, the listeners don't properly understand the joke of the title Encino Man, which is so clever. It's <laughs> later in the movie we learn, because this is about Caveman, and specifically the Cro-Magnon Man. Uh-huh. And in this movie, Brandon Fraser is, also, is, is, is a Cro-Magnon Man, but he's in Encino, California. So Encino Man. The connection there is man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's why it's called that. Yeah, that's it. it... <laughs> like it's because prehistoric cavemen are called blank man. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny when you know paleontology so and archaeology. It's so funny. So um. So an icy falls on him, and then then we cut to him outside shoveling in his yard. Uh, he and Polly Shore comes out and he says the famous line of I snaked your last bagel. She's mad because I snaked your last bagel. <laughs> He's funny Polly eating a bagel. Shore shows up here and this is there's so much to unpack here. Because <laughs> these two Polly Shore is like Polly Shore is the Ben Platt of this movie in that <laughs> He isn't that much older than any of the other actors, but he's the least convincing-looking high schooler. Yeah, he... Moment. No, yeah. I looked up how old he was. He was like... What was he? He would have been like 24. Yeah. Which is like not super old, I guess, to be playing a, a high schooler. Um, It is oldish. Like, th- you know... I think this man... Because today, if you look at current Polly Shore images, the most washed-up man you have ever seen. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but even even at his peak, he never looked young. Yeah, <laughs> like he never looked convincingly like the age he should look. Yeah, this man has always looked like he sleeps in a fan. Uh, yeah, he. But yeah, he he comes out. He's wearing an outfit, which we'll talk about in a minute because uh, yes, we'll get there. But um, he's funny eating a bagel, and we find out that um, Samwise Gamgee is making a pool because the school has declared him cringe. Um. <laughs> He's a loser, so he has to make a pool. a pool in his backyard. Um, Which, as you do. Um, we also find out that Pauly Shore's character's name is Stony. 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 It's so funny. Do you get it? It's like if you're stoned. It's funny. Um, it's like a funny marijuana. Funny weed. Because um, his real name is Stanley, apparently. Uh-huh. Stanley Stony Brown. Um, mm-hmm. It's a clever pun, you see. Yeah. Um, Everything he says is in the most Pauly Shore voice you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not... Yeah, it's less like an actual character they wrote for this movie and then cast Pauly Shore. And it's more that someone saw, I guess, Pauly Shore's stand-up persona and said, we will make him one of the characters of this movie, which makes him stand out so much. Oh, yeah. This Um, is Pauly Shore fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. They said, what if Polly Shore befriended befriended and adopted, let's see, the Iceman? 
um, yeah. and went on adventures. I and would say, though, not unentertaining to watch. It's not unentertaining. I got like, some laughs out of, out of it. Yeah, out of out of everything in this movie, uh, Polly Shore is probably the best part. Um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I hate to say it. There, there are some moments where he is emotionally the best character. Yeah. Um, we'll get to those, but whatever. So he comes out, and they have a little conversation about how Sean Astin is cringe, and he has a crush on a girl named Robin, our friend, spelled the same way. Um, yep. And he needs to make this pool so that everybody in cool 1992 high school will will think he's cool. <laughs> um <laughs> And Polly Shore. This is the only way in '90s California uh, you could. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> you could it's how get you do it. People to think you're not a loser. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, Sean Astin is talking about like, oh, Robin's. Uh, I we were best friends, and you know we were childhood best friends. She's yeah. got to still like me. And Polly Shore comes up and like puts his hand on his shoulder, and he says, "She finds you crusty, Dave." <laughs> that got a laugh out of me that got a laugh out of me it's pretty funny i also there's <laughs> also a bit i don't know if it's here or when they uh when they look at her uh kiss the jock character uh but th- th- there's a bit where paul is like you could have you could have gotten to- together with her a few years ago when you were besties but now it's like too late uh, mm-hmm. And then Sean Astin is like, but she hadn't hit Bayport yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sean Astin sucks in this movie. We'll we'll talk about it, but he's, he's, he's so bad. He sucks so much. He's fucking worst. He's so awful. Um, whatever. But they go to they go to cool 1992 high school, and Polly Shore is driving around on his little moped thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's singing a little song about how he's the stony, crusty dude. <laughs> great it's great uh they uh and then this is like you know it the first time i watched it it was very embarrassing to see and i said this is cringe um and then we fallon made me pause the movie so they could get up and get their sketchbook and draw paulie shore's outfit so we had to go back and watch it again because <laughs> i forgot where we left off and um as the movie went on, I got to learn that actually he's he's the better of these two. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, his his deal is that he's the chill one out of the two of them. He's gonna uh-huh. say things. Yeah, uh, he's gonna say his little catchphrases uh, and speak in a weird way. And Brandon Fraser's trying to be the relatable one. Yeah, um, or not Brandon, Brandon Fraser, Sean Astin. Uh huh. Trying to be the the one that like the high school teenage dirtbags watching this movie. He's he's a teenage dirtbag from the song Teenage Dirtbag. He is, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that it, it's just, I don't know, it's it's the type of thing that movies of that era loved to do, where the filmmakers just thought their audience is the most despicable person. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they always make the relatable character just such a fucking asshole. They're like never they're supposed to be nice, right? They're supposed to be yeah. nice and average, but it's like this person sucks. This person is he's just not bad. Even that. Yeah. He's not either of those things. He's, he's not nice or relatable. To, 
Yeah. I mean, the only reason you're supposed to root for him and Robin to get together is because he's the main character. Exactly. This is not, like... Yeah. I don't know. And, he's I guess, just a... and I guess because you hate her Chad boyfriend. Because yeah, yeah. he's just the Chad from the Chad meme. He is Chad from the Chad meme. Um, But yeah, he just he just sucks. Sean Astin just sucks so much. He, he... Like, the thing about this and the thing about that whole trope is that, like, any... Any person with, like, the slightest bit of respect for other people or just... Any knowledge of common decency yeah. wouldn't do the things that he does. I have never met a person, like, even the people that I think are the biggest dirtbags I've ever met in just my my everyday life wouldn't do this shit. Nobody does this! Like, nobody acts like this. This isn't a normal person. This isn't an yeah. average relatable person, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. And he's also just not funny. He's like, not funny! he's... Cause he's the straight man, I guess, uh-huh. out of the out of the main trio. Yeah, uh, and it just sucks to see. Like he just never, never eases up. He's just never having fun. Like it, it doesn't seem like Sean Astin, the actor, had fun. He was like the most established out of the three because he was like in the Goonies before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a big credit. <laughs> I don't know what else, but he was like a child <laughs> actor before this, so he was yeah. Like, I guess that's why he got the he got the main role, but he also uh, had the least he got the least yeah least fun role, I guess. Yeah. Um. So so they're they're riding around on the funny moped, and they see Robin, and then um, then Fallon maybe pause so they could draw the drip, which I would like to go over because it's Please. pretty incredible. Um, okay, so he's got on, he's got on a striped crop top mm-hmm. with a mesh, like a pink, like coral pink mesh long sleeve shirt over it. Um, and he's got a jean jacket with all kinds of pins and crap on it. He's got striped bell bottoms. He's got a little hairband in his funny curly hair. I want to say he has another little scarf on. Hold on. If if I bring up Fallon's drawing, I'll be able to remember. Because uh, it's a pretty accurate depiction. I just need to find it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he's got the... He's got the... Oh, yeah, and his, his hairband is chiffon, it's fuchsia, and it's paisley print. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, his jean jacket has appliques on it. It's just incredible. He takes his, (laughs) he takes his jean jacket off and that's where we see the mesh, the mesh top and the, the crop top And it's just, it's so beautiful. It's no human being has ever worn this outfit outside of this movie. Like yeah. unless they're cosplaying him. I mean that's yeah. I mean that's what that's part of when we say Polly Shore is, is the type of guy that only him is. Uh huh. Um, He's the only man. I mean, it's like I don't know. It's like the thing where you're coming up, like from a more cynical perspective, when you're coming up with a brand for yourself, <laughs> but it's not. You know, it's not like super organic. 
Uh-huh. Like it's not, or it doesn't even like because uh, the, the podcast I was listening to, they, they they talked about this a little bit about how like uh, you know something like <laughs> someone like fucking uh, Fred Durst who uh-huh. uh, he very clearly had like a sense of dressing that was manufactured in in a way to be successful but people at least believe that that's like just the normal way someone dresses yeah i and could buy somebody like, dressing like fred durst yeah yeah and with someone like Polly shore it's like that like i'm gonna create an iconic look but i'm just gonna do it from like from like the drawing board on like just just like chemically engineered look that nobody else has ever had yeah <laughs> It's and like then, it... like, commit super hard to it. Like, he yeah. was in... Because here's also the interaction, his uh, or the intersection of these two things. He was also in, I think, at least two Limbiscuit music videos. But the one I'm thinking of is the... The music video for Break Stuff just uh-huh. has cameos from every single person who was famous in the year that song came out. <laughs> uh, it had Eminem in it. It had, uh, I don't know, Snoop Dogg, I think. Uh, and it had Polly Shore in it, and he was he was wearing the exact, not quite the exact thing. Uh, let me just but send an you outfit this. of this nature. Yeah, let me just send you the screen cap because I think yeah, he please. was reusing at least some of his. Um, oh yeah, some yep. of his uh, <laughs> some of his drip from Encino Man. <laughs> It's just, it's just the insane way he dresses and the non-existent slang he uses and yeah. like the weird inflections in his voice uh-huh. uh, just like create together this like this this unreal experience like it's insane I don't know how to describe it like it's not you don't feel like you're watching a person you yeah He's... You feel like you feel like this is this is like it's like listening to like really dissonant music and trying to like trying <laughs> to like find the the moments where it like kind of fits together, but it's like I don't know. He's it's very bizarre. He's dressed like somebody's randomized sim. Yeah. <laughs> And he kind of talks like a sim, and he, it's, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. Um, he, he was, his look was manufactured by aliens. His way of speaking was manufactured by aliens. He's, like I said, he's from the Berenstein universe where all of this put together makes sense. Um, but over here, not quite as much. It's like it's like the uncanny valley of like a type of person. It's almost a type of person. Yeah. Almost. God. Um <laughs> if you're not familiar with Polly and are listening to this, you gotta like just like look at pictures of him. Yeah, you don't need to just watch this that. whole movie, but maybe find like a clip or two. Because yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. this through the entire thing. Um You don't need to experience you know, an hour and a half of him doing this. Because if you watch a two-minute clip of it, you'll get it. Yeah. That's what we that's what we watch for, for an and hour and a half. This is also, like, my, my arc of watching this movie was also that, like, for the first, like, 20 to 30 minutes, I was... 
I was having a lot of fun with it because it was like not because the, like I I I actually laughed a couple of times and mostly it wasn't like intended jokes and more like a laughter of like this the, like un not not being able to believe what you see yeah yeah such a bizarre product um uh-huh. and then after a while like it just started to really drag <laughs> <laughs> yeah the Once novelty, the novelty has worn off yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so they're they're at school samwise has the 1992 doritos bag which i do like to see um Polly shore is using slang that nobody's ever used um they go into their science class and they're talking about caveman times coincidentally great scene the scene is great good. because this is this is like one of those moments I really enjoy this when when you can when when the seams of the movie are really showing uh-huh. right? like when when you just like notice okay this is in because whoever wrote the screenplay remembered like one thing they learned in writing class about like setup and payoff um, yeah <laughs> and so, so they were like yeah w- okay we're gonna have to put a put in a scene where they're talking about cavemen and the girls in class are gonna make funny horny jokes about how sexy the caveman from the science diagram looks yeah <laughs> there's oh my god okay so they're in their science class and their funny teacher is giving their little lecture about uh about caveman days and it, and casually you know dropping in enough information that the viewer if they don't already get the joke of what the title is referring to now they'll get it um because they do talk about it's Cro-Magnon man um so Sean Astin and Robin like look at each other from across the room and he like waves at her and then her boyfriend does the most like (laughs) 90s boyfriend rival character thing I've ever seen where he slides in and he's like not shakes his head making a funny face um, i kind of love this boyfriend because he's i do really kind of love him uh, he's the most like over the top chad boyfriend you could imagine oh yeah he's every every chad boyfriend you could think of um there's just he, no subtlety in this guy uh, none none at all um he <laughs> uh he is played by michael deloise who is the son of actor and comedian Dom DeLuise. Um, uh-huh. He also played uh, one of the one of Wayne's friends in Wayne's World, so that's my bit of oh yeah facts for this one. Uh, wouldn't be a Roy podcast without some Wayne's World knowledge yeah. dropped in. Uh, there's a I've seen like one poster. It's not the one on Wikipedia, but one of the posters for Encino Man says something about how uh, if you loved. Wayne's World, you're gonna uh-huh. <laughs> love this one. Yep. And this is like. <laughs> yeah, this is. Oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a pull quote from CBS Radio Network and says, if you liked Wayne World, Wayne's World, you'll love Encino Man. And then there's also like another quote on, or the tagline for this on the poster says, where the Stone Age meets the Rock Age. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It says that, like, huh? This is the least. This is the least rocking movie. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. Because like with the Wayne's World thing, 
you'd you'd assume oh, okay so it's also gonna have like a lot of like rock and roll references in it like wayne's world had but it's not yeah yeah there's like one part maybe two maybe two we'll talk about the maybe um much later on but um yeah there's the literally like drops one. in this one i think we i think we skipped over one of them uh because the first the first song i wrote this down somewhere what the first song was that plays i think over the pool scene oh were uh, you on were you on soundtrack drop on soundtrack watch yeah yeah uh, f- fucking what the fuck did i write this down maybe it says it on the wikipedia what songs were in. i might have written it down too i have something um oh it might be in the next scene they're listening to to uh uh frankenstein by um is it edgar winter or johnny winter edgar winter um they're listening to that in the next scene there's there's oh a couple God. of i found it <laughs> I found the uh, there's a there's a soundtrack there's an official soundtrack album of this. Uh, oh, let's go! Of this movie, it has three out of five stars on all music. <laughs> God, so the songs, but it does. I feel like they just didn't get the. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, because this 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 lists "You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come" by Vince Neil, "White Thing" by Cheap Trick. Uh, <laughs> Don't quote crazy. Mama Still said, yeah. "Knock you out." Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have the. What the fuck was that song? This is really bothering me now. They do. They they have one that will. Oh yeah, I was I, thinking about reality. Used to be a friend of mine by. Yeah, yeah, Dawn, yeah, 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 Which uh, comes up very early over a pool scene. Because that isn't on the official soundtrack. I guess they didn't get the rights to that. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's some there's some great choices. Oh yeah, some some bangers. Uh one particular banger uh a little bit later on, but um Yeah, I don't want to spoil that one. Yeah, that one's it's good. Uh <laughs> so yeah, we're in class. The 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 teacher says um or Robin's friend who I don't remember her name cuz I never read, wrote it down. Uh she says that she would fuck a caveman and the teacher says that uh cavemen all cavemen would commit sexual assault upon you, and she says, "Good, I like it." Um, <laughs> Great stuff. Excellent um, writing. Just we from, don't we just love it from the year nineteen ninety two. Don't we just love it? Um, and then that's the only reason we had to go to school was so we could learn about cavemen, and then we go back <laughs> home to work on the pulse of work. There's a great poly bit in the in the caveman class bit where it's like it's just like very at the start. Uh, there's a the teacher that asks something about like uh and what came before the iron age or something like that and then Paulie short hand like shoots up oh yeah and then he says the ice age but like yeah. as as like the goodest little schoolboy he's a good little schoolboy <laughs> but, but he's he just sticks out so much because like I, I he I, 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 as i mentioned he looks like the band he looks like a ben platt type at this <laughs> like it's it's just so weird to have like this crusty dude <laughs> Uh, <laughs> to borrow one of his own words be like so proud to say the ice age <laughs> I, just, I, I feel like they're too old to learn about the ice age like, <laughs> you learn about that in like 6th grade yeah they're supposed to be seniors in high school yeah Um. 
I do, I do kind of like that Polly Shore gets to answer a question, though, because the, to, speaking of setup and payoff, um, they do show him later on, like, actually remembering caveman facts, um, which ties into the, the parenting thing, because he's the better parent here, as we learn, um, at least in emotional terms. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we go back home and um, Sean Astin digs something up in his digging, but Stoney is too busy doing comedy movements um, <laughs> while he listens to music. Um, and it's it's an ancient bowl from uh, some era or another that Pauly Shore remembers because he's a good little schoolboy. Um, and then there's another earthquake and there's like whatever minor shenanigans where like the bull goes flying and Sean Aston has to go grab it. But then, uh Oh oh no, there's, this is where he lands on the ground and he finds a man in some ice buried in the yard. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, um, wisely they go try to tell an adult about it, but Sean Aston's mom is working on the phone and she ignores the pair of frightened children who are begging her for help. Um, <laughs> She just watches them out the window and they're like banging on it going like, Mom, help! And uh, she says, this this means nothing to me and closes the blinds. Um, and then they go back and they do a bit about like famous murder victims. Nobody's ever found Jimmy Hoffa. This is, this is some... This is crimes to me. And they decide to dig the guy up because Sean Astin is like, oh, we'll be rich... For some reason, I think they, I think they figure out that he's a caveman here. Yeah, there's a lot of leaps happening yeah. in this part of the movie. Yeah, and it also just goes really fast. Like at yeah, this it does. Point, like yeah. it's just they find the they find the the the, the Tupperware thing that <laughs> they find the bowl that Polly Shore caused. This is prehistoric Tupperware. Yeah, buddy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, they find that, and, <laughs> and then, then yeah, and then they... they find the like frozen caveman, and Polly Shore says something like, "This is chill, but not like we're chill, dudes, but it's chill because it's cold." Like this, this, this is just a li- really labored line delivery on that joke. It's not great. Um, so Polly Shore like doesn't want to dig the guy up because it's probably murder. But Sean Astin is a bad person, so he's like, no, we'll be rich because of reasons. And um, if we get rich, if you help me out, we'll get rich. And then you can watch all the Jeopardy you want, which, like, <laughs> I mean, That's me the fuck, too, Jeopardy honestly. Thing. But, like, because this comes up, like, twice in the movie. That yeah, Polly be Stony watching Jeopardy. Is really into Jeopardy. Like, yeah. There's, there's just, like, one other scene where he, like, remembers something as an answer on Jeopardy. Great stuff. Excellent. Um, So they dig him up and they, like, examine him. They, like, put him in the garage or whatever on their shed gurney um, work table, I guess. And um, they, like, take some pictures of him. And I don't know how they can tell that it's a caveman because I sure can't. But um, they make out that there's a caveman in the ice. And yeah, no fucking... Like- this bit is so confusing. Like, the, yeah, I don't. I didn't get how they get the whole like. I don't know. It's like done in like some montage where I just don't quite get how they get all the heating stuff there. Uh, they just have it. They just. I don't get what like 
Sean Astin's plan here is. Uh, they're like, because like then when he melts, they 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 seem to be surprised that he melted. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not, they need I mean, all that equipment for the the harsh California winters. Um. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so whatever they have all this. They have all this crap on him to melt him out of the ice, which, sure, why not? Um, and then it, like, cuts to them sleeping, cuddled together outside. <laughs> 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 and um, they wake up, and they they say no homo, and then they go check on their caveman, um, who's still oh, melting. Yeah. Huh? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, it just, I thought the caveman was already gone, but I guess it's still. Oh yeah, no, not not quite yet. Um, then they go they go to school, and uh, Sean Astin finds Robin, and he says that oh, he yeah, tells he needs to yeah he tells her he found a caveman, yeah. and she says nobody could possibly care about your caveman. Um, there's <laughs> this is also like on top of getting rich off a caveman. Not really being a viable financial strategy. Um, I I'm also like, what what was his flirting strategy here? I, who I the fuck knows? <laughs> like if someone comes up to you and that he's like, hey, I dug up a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Weirdo. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, like I can okay. Half of their plan I can I can buy. Like if you're 17 years old, yeah. I can I can believe a 17 year old making a discovery like this and making the leap to, oh my god, I'm gonna be rich. You know, like I can see them doing that because they don't totally understand, right? Yeah. They have no experience with the world of archaeology. Um. But the flirting part is so bizarre. Like, does he want her to, like, come over and, like, make out with him on top of the ice block <laughs> with the caveman in it? Like, I don't know what he's... I don't know what his end game is. But, yeah, um... Come over and look at this. Uh, yeah, come come look at my caveman. <laughs> if somebody said, come look at my caveman, to me, yeah. I would assume that's their name for their dick. And I'm not... I got no, I got no time for that. Um, I mean, them reacting like I just can't get over I, I can't get over this part because it's like, <laughs> just like really the more I think about it the more absurd this is because the, the way normal person should react to this is that this is something that has not happened to humanity before to dug up yeah. a live caveman and he melted and he's alive now like I don't know I'm jumping a little bit ahead but they don't yeah act surprised by that at all. Or even, but even just like digging up a whole caveman, like that happened. Like, there's like two or three cavemen that have been like dug up, I guess. Yeah. More, but like there's there's two or three famous ones, you know. So I, I get that you're like, okay, it's gonna be the next Earthsea, I guess, but he's gonna be Encino Man. Yeah. Like, but but like, (laughs) whatever. I. I, (laughs) There's so much more movie left. This is just such a bewildering part. I know we're like fifteen minutes in, if that. Yeah, it's just like the, the, the screenwriter was just like, okay, so I need to get them to have a caveman, 
uh, we'll figure <laughs> out what the reasoning is later, and then just yeah. went back. Um, yeah. So he he tells her I have a caveman, and she says I don't care. Cool. And then then there's eighties bullies. There's 90s high school bullies. I don't remember what happens with them. Yeah, I think they just he's getting bullied, but yeah, oh, wasn't he like was this the bit where he gets like nailed to somewhere? No, that's later on. Okay, it's later. Because I have notes about that, but um okay. <laughs> Great. Uh yeah. <laughs> um but then like we get like this interspliced or no, it is this part, but it's like interspliced with uh cuts of um or shots of caveman brendan fraser caveman at home being slowly melted out of his ice cube by way of heaters um meanwhile yeah the 80s bullies are stapling sean astin to a wall by his by his jacket um and they write eat me on his forehead which is funny (laughs) that was it and then they pull the fire alarm so everyone can come out and look at him in terms of sick burns um (laughs) Writing eat me on someone's forehead is very low. <laughs> <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit to write eat me on somebody's forehead. <laughs> uh, come on, come on with something funnier. Right? Uh, yeah, come on. At least at least go for a purple nurple. Like, come on. Yeah. Give him a swirly, then we'll talk. But um then then we go my next chunk of notes is just Brendan Fraser awakens and has the following shenanigans. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> this is this is another montage set to music. I don't remember which song this was. Yeah, I don't either. But he gets but like, up. It's the most, you know, all the all the songs are the most nineties songs you can imagine. So, oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Um he gets up and he's he's mostly naked. Um he goes outside and he sides sideshow bobs himself by stepping on a rake and the uh handle of it hits him in the face. Funny. And then he and the dog do communication. Uh, he he and the dog like do this thing where they're like making noises at each other, and like the dog puts his paws up like this, and they start going like putting their hands and paws on top of each other like this. Um, it's good. I like to interact with a dog. Um, he climbs up a mound. I think it's like the dirt that they dug out for the pool, and he looks up at the city of Encino, California, and then he gets scared by a helicopter and runs away. Um, yeah, we see his, we see Brandon Fraser's butt cheeks at this scene. We do see butt cheek, it's good. Um, he starts wielding a shovel as a weapon, and he, he scares a mailman. He drinks some water out of a gutter. He, uh, he encounters a garbage truck which makes elephant noises at him, and he gets upset and attacks it. Um... And then he, like, wanders into a house where the TV's on, and he watches a clip from a Terminator film, so he can oh, learn yeah, this the... this is gonna be important. Yeah, he learns the funny Arnold Schwarzenegger words, and then he, he watches some... He says, I'll be back. Yeah, and then he, he watches some music videos um, so that he can become a metalhead, and this is where all the Wayne's, hit, Wayne's World enjoyers oh, pog, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, this, this is what is we're supposed to Wayne's enjoy. World you get from this. Oh yeah, precisely all of it. I completely um, forgot about this, but yeah. <laughs> he watches uh the I pulled up pulled up the clip here. He the the song that's playing on TV is um so this is MTV, right? So it's a mm-hmm. music video. I just had it now I clicked away. 
Sacred Reich the American Way. Okay. <laughs> Not something you you have heard of. Uh, probably, I've yeah never is on the soundtrack. So. A Phoenix, yeah. Arizona-based thrash metal band um, formed in 1985. <laughs> Singer-songwriter Phil Rin's interest was in socially conscious and political hardcore metal, so I'm sure they were delighted. Uh, oh my god, they had, it said Sacred Reich had two songs that have been featured in movies like Encino Man, Son-in-Law, <laughs> and The Program. <laughs> 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 let's go <laughs> returning maybe they were just like Polly's friends maybe maybe who's to say maybe we'll find out someday I'll have to ask my dad if he's ever met them uh, yeah. but this is th- th- this this whole like shenanigans scene also just like because I, I, I was like I didn't remember what music was playing here but it's just like wacky caveman music basically so yeah yeah whole, yeah, yeah. This whole scene is really just like wacky, like indeterminable wackiness. Yeah, it's just George of the Jungle shit. Yeah. Um, so then um, Sean Astin and Polly Shore get home and they go check on their caveman and all of the ice is melted and he's gone. Um, so they they assume that the caveman melted also because that's what happens to human bodies. And um th- since since Sean Astin is being sad, Polly Shore offers to get them treats in uh, <laughs> as consolation, which like relatable. Um, but then a, they go inside, just, and there's nice like, friend. yeah, they go they go inside, and somebody has Russian sleep experimented the windows. They've smeared <laughs> some shit and <laughs> prints all over the window. Um, they did a cave painting on the TV. Um, and. Brendan Fraser is in uh, Sean Astin's room trying to make a fire, and they like peek inside. And Polly Shore is like, Polly Shore says, tells him to be hospitable, be which hospitable. is good advice. <laughs> be hospitable. He's a he's a he's a, he's a he's he's a much better person than Sean Astin's character is. Yeah. He's just <laughs> he's just a better human being. Um. Like, when I was talking earlier about how, like, nobody, nobody with the slightest bit of just, like, regard for another human being does the things that Sean Astin's character yeah. does, like, this is the bare minimum. Polly Shore is doing the bare minimum. Um, and I would argue even a little bit more than that, but we haven't quite seen, seen it to that extent yet. Um, but, um... I, I'm just so excited for this bit that's coming uh, up, like, very shortly. <laughs> We, because they finally get to meet. They funny try to introduce themselves, but then the phone rings and he scare a phone, and um, so Brendan Fraser Caveman starts getting upset, and they um, so, somehow or another, Polly Shore calms him down by showing him a lighter. This is insane. This is yeah. This is deranged. I don't know how <laughs> this occurs to him. Why is fire the thing that would calm him down? Typically, fire does the opposite of that to people. Like, we have established <laughs> that he, like, got scared by, like, a helicopter or by the phone, like, by, like, yeah. you know, normal stuff he, stuff we have. But, but like, why would the thing that 
that like scares most or that like you know makes most yeah. people like kind of recoil be the thing i guess it's like i guess the idea is that like cavemen discovered fire so it's like something familiar to them but like still just like having it come out from the lighter just like a tiny flame should be like really scary to him because it's exactly. like you know, it's the thing that we work so hard on creating this guy yeah that he was literally it. just working his ass off trying to create yeah. it. like but he loves it he thinks it's the coolest shit he's ever seen um yep we need to get to the fucking makeover we yes oh my god okay so they calm him down right they let him have the lighter um it backfires slightly but whatever it's solved and then who fucking cares? Now we get to the funny makeover montage set to I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred, and as soon as it started, <laughs> Fallon just said, Stop! <laughs> it's the most... It's a fucking incredible. It's so, it's so funny, but, like, not in the... Because it's, like, it's supposed to be, like, this cool moment, I guess. I guess. Like, I, I don't know what they were thinking here. Like, I'm too sexy for my shirt <laughs> to play here. <laughs> it's just... It's such an insane soundtrack choice. I don't know. It's like it's the insane. fakest song in the world. It's like, insane. Like... It's like it's like a song that it... only shows up in commercials and makeover montages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... The... Okay... The thing about I'm Too Sexy, right, yeah. is that it came out in 1991. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, it came out, like, less than a year before this movie did. Um, it hadn't... I don't know how long it took. I don't know if... if I'm Too Sexy by Red Said Fred 1991 single was, like, an immediate explosive hit, or if it, like, kind of sat there for a little while and then it made it. But in either case, like, I assume it hadn't been overused to that point when this movie was, you know, being scripted and filmed and made and edited and put together. So, to an extent... I can forgive this, but I also can't because it's I'm Too Sexy by Right yeah. Said Fred, 1991 single. <laughs> I don't know. I, cause the way you're laying it out, that m- makes sense. But yeah, I, I can't imagine like a moment in history where I'm Too Sexy doesn't come across as like overplayed. Exactly, yeah. Like... Like, as new as it may or may not have been to the listening public, like, this song was overplayed the moment it was published. I'm looking at the critical reception section for I'm Too Sexy on Wikipedia. It says, <laughs> Please. On music editor Stephen Schneid described the song as a humorous yet misunderstood swipe at self-centered male bodybuilders and models. David mm-hmm. Taylor Wilson from Bay Area Reporter called it a campy stand-up of the fashion world. <laughs> In November 1991, Larry Flick from Billboard wrote, Thoroughly fun and goofy ditty, recently heated up international dance floors and radio airwaves. 
Fred cheekily boasts about his physical attributes over a festive pop house groove, which should have no trouble duplicating its success here. <laughs> Critics love this song. Oh my god. They thought it was so clever. They thought it was so funny and good. Like, and that was that was November of 1991, I yeah. think. Did Encino Man come out? I want to say Encino Man came out in June of 1992. So yeah, seven months later. Um, seven months is, is seven months is more than long enough for a song to become the enemy of the world. Yeah. Um there's there's no excuse, yeah, actually. Like exact, I changed my like, mind. Turnover type. Like time. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah, it's the exact time when like people even even if you you know, when funny what does the fox say comes out, you know, and for the for the first like week, you're like, oh, it's very funny that the fox says that. Uh, but like half a year later, you're just going to be. It's not even that you're sick of it. It's that it's like referencing something that was cool half a year ago. It's it's uh, it's very funny just, that it was in this movie. Um, it's this. This could be the very first montage in movie history to have ever used. I'm too sexy by right said Fred 1991 single. And it might have it, been. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been. None of On, them should have uh, been doing it. It, it was a cliche already. Dot com, where I'm looking, where I was looking at the soundtrack of this movie. It says the song, uh, "I'm sexy, uh, I'm too sexy." Performed by Right Fred. Uh, Fred was featured in movies like Beverly Hills Chihuahua, <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja, Bullet, and Encino Man. <laughs> What movie makes the best use of I'm Too Sexy in its soundtrack? Oh, no. Zero comments. Nobody wants to weigh in on this. None of them. None of them did. None of them did that. <laughs> um, I did find, I did find uh, a definitive ranking of the best movie, movie makeovers. And, oh, my um, God. The... <laughs> The art for it does have a little color graded image of um the Encino Man makeover. <laughs> so you, can see, you can see Paulie Shore and Sean Aston working on oh large Brendan Fraser with his hair in a towel. And um How does this This is an article on the ringer from 2017. From the <laughs> Devil Wears Prada to Encino Man. We're ranking the best makeover montages in movie history? Movie history. I guess. Um, I guess. I guess Encino Man is like one of the definitive. Let's see how, because this is ranked. It. Oh yeah, my god! It, it, I, I scrolled. I was expecting to scroll a lot longer, uh, but it is um, ranked at number sixteen. It's um, just above. She's all that. <laughs> Which is like she's all that is the famous one. Yep. Like, it's the one that was parodied in Not Another Teen Movie, so that's how you know <laughs> yeah. it's good. Um, and Man, I will. I, I would like oh to read God. the entry for this. Yeah, please. Yeah, okay. The reason. In this modern classic... Modern classic? <laughs> Dave, parentheses, Sean Astin, finds a caveman, parentheses, played by Brandon Fraser, exclamation point, buried in his backyard, but still alive, contained in a block of ice. After the ice melts one day, Aston and his friend, Polly Shore, of course, decide to clean him up and pass him off as an Estonian exchange student. Sometimes people, 
sometimes people ask, more and more people are asking, why don't Hollywood studios take chances anymore? There's so much creativity out there, and those people need to be reminded of 1992's Encino Man. That said, this makeover's reason is also valid. Who wouldn't want to dress a caveman up? Five out of ten. I'm going to, because my... I know some people in my life, mostly like my dad, who are like, <laughs> every movie is just the same. They're so predictable. Um, there's no creativity there. It's just it's just all dumb. So I'm going to show him and see no man to really like <laughs> show him that movies can be wild and unpredictable. <laughs> That's the, this is the benchmark. <laughs> The song, The Makeover is Scored by I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred, which is great because it's thematically on point, and it's just a perfect encapsulation of this era of the era this movie was made in. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. That's how I would rate I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Who wouldn't? Um, the money spent. Dave spends about nine fifty on Windex, <laughs> Johnson & Johnson body wash, mouthwash, and toothpaste. Not much financial investment in this Ice Age makeover. Two out of ten. Uh, and then the mirror shot, it's actually a mirror shot, and I really enjoy how Brendan Fraser yelps when he first sees himself as a SoCal greaseball. Uh, yep, and then, I also and then, that. Yeah, and then Pauly Shore, <laughs> in his way, says, Buddy, you should be with your mug, bro. You look buff. It's a very good moment. Seven out of ten. You should be with your mug, bro. You should be with your mug, bro. God, what's the best makeover scene? That's a good question. What is this one? I'm just gonna scroll down. Captain America the First Avenger is number 10. It's not a makeover. <laughs> They're just making... Um, oh, the one from Dumb and Dumber is on here. That's Dumb good. Dumb and Dumber is um, number 6. Mrs. Doubtfire oh, pretty woman. Five, okay. Clueless at number 4. Legally Blonde at 3. Miss Congeniality at 2. And yeah, Pretty Woman at number 1. Sure. I wonder what the... I wonder what the highest ranked song is. On this list, because I, I, I do want to compare that to Pretty to Woman is Fred. ranked. Oh, Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison is ranked nine out of ten. Um, yeah, which sure I enjoy Roy Orbison. Uh, yeah, sure why not Roy Orbison? Same name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, how you became Roy. That is how I became Roy. Oh, uh, the one from oh. thirteen going on thirty uh, with Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody" is going to get a perfect score for me every day of the week, no matter what montage it's scoring. That is all. Ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Supermodel uh-huh. by Jill Sobul in Clueless gets a ten out of ten. Okay. Oh, I missed that. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, zero Dan out of zero. Uses "Oh Pretty Woman" by Roy Orbison. A rather genius nod to one of the great makeover montages in film history. <laughs> It took a lot of brain work to make that that connection happen. Like, what's funny about this to me is that this isn't on like fucking on like one of those like click aggregate websites. This is on the Ringer that does like some, you know, actual <laughs> decent write ups sometimes. It's from 2017. Yeah, it's like Andrew Andrew Gratadaro of. The Ringer is like maybe history, maybe the world's last and see no man fan. Like this is the this is the one, <laughs> the one man still like upholding the trophy of and uh, see no man. He's gonna get frozen it. in a block of ice, and in four thousand years, somebody's gonna un somebody's gonna dig up the block of ice <laughs> with this man in it and say, "Look, we found the world's last and see no man fan." <laughs> and then they'll give it him is- a makeover set to "I'm too sexy." 
it's just really funny that how how earnest he seems to be about it. He loves it. <laughs> He's a real makeover fan and aficionado. We gotta <laughs> hand it to him. Um, yeah. So they give him his makeover. They teach him the word buff. Um, buff. I would like to say yes. I would like to say my own personal judgment here because we can kind of rate the before and after. I mean, before he is dirty. Yes. And he is naked, so he doesn't really yes. have much of a fit to to compare. Um, I will say, I do think the hair was better before. Yeah, it looks like shit afterwards. Yeah, I don't. In my opinion, <laughs> I mean, this is this is also again a haircut that you only had in, I guess, California in 1992 if you were starring in Encino Man. I mean, I guess yeah, you... I guess this was a haircut that other people people had, but it's like, did they though? Did actual real life human beings have this haircut? I don't know. I've never been to California. <laughs> I don't think they did. I don't think anybody who wasn't drawn on a piece of paper and animated ever had this haircut. Yeah. Um, I think Paulie Shore says something like, or Stoney, I guess, says something uh, like, he's got my clothes, he's got my do. He's, yeah. He's my son. He's he is his funny. son. Like He is his son, though. This is, I mean, if we're talking about themes of the movie, it it really is. Like, this is where the where the split is gonna come. Where like, uh, Dave just wants to use him. Yeah. But Stony wants to be his friend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wants to teach him things, even though it's in his in his twisted Polly Shore way. It's in his uh, his. He's teaching him, but he's gonna get up to a lot of hijinks because Tony yeah. is a special weasel. If you get the he reference to, to Polly's <laughs> famous stage character, the weasel. <laughs> For all the real Polly heads in the audience. Um, they decide that they need to name him, so they need to name their perfect special this baby so little boy. once again. He calls him the missing link, and they do mental gymnastics to decide to name him Link um after the Zelda character yeah. and then they um Sean Astin decides to like give him an IQ test and he does this <laughs> by doing the little thumb separation magic trick that I can't do whatever the fuck it is you know what it is where he makes it you make yeah, it look like good. you remove your thumb um and that doesn't quite work uh Magic didn't exist in in the stone in caveman days, so um, can't blame him. And then uh, his parents come home, and the house the house is still ha- the house has still been made a mess of. So um, he runs downstairs and decides to try to cover up the mess by saying that he's cooking dinner. <laughs> um, and then then Brendan Fraser caveman is like making antics outside and like wanders in with with Sony and um uh off the cuff Sean Aston starts gaslighting his parents into <laughs> believing that they signed up to take on a an Estonian exchange, exchange student. Um, we're we're throwing around the word gaslighting a lot on social media. But in this one, he's, like, literally saying to his parents, yeah, I yeah. told you we're gonna get an exchange student. You never listen. <clears throat> yeah, you... What's it take to make you listen to me? He's literal. This is literally what gaslighting is. Yeah. He's making them feel guilty for it, too, so... Um... Linkovich Chomovsky. That's what his name is. 
<laughs> What's really funny is that after this, uh, because it's clearly a made-up name that he came up with um, to to cover like on the spot. But after this, like, oh, the the Encino Man wiki article is named Linkovich Chomovsky. On Wikipedia, he's listed as Linkovich Chomovsky. This just became his real name now, which really says... Yeah, that's what his name is. (laughs) It's what his name is. There's some (laughs) comments on the Encino Man wiki page for Linkovich Chomovsky. And at this point, I can just read them because it relates to this. Um, Because it looks like the... People commenting on Encino Man Wiki either haven't seen the movie or have, like, don't speak English and didn't understand, like, what was happening, what was literally said in the movie. Because this is, like, the first comment by a fandom user is, it's very odd that his nickname's the same as the main male hero in the Legend of Zelda franchise and that his last name sounds Russian. It is so odd, isn't it? So true, Bestie. It's very <laughs> odd. It's not like there's a very textual explanation to why his name is Link, and that it's not yeah. his Link name, but it's actually like the name they named him, and also why his last name sounds Russian because they just made it up on the spot. <laughs> it's another... so weird how that's how it happened, isn't that odd? <laughs> how weird. <laughs> There's another fandom user commenting, I'm from Estonia as well. Linkovich Chomovsky is my cave neighbor. Cave haber. Cave haber. <laughs> <laughs> and then a reply to this, seven <laughs> years later, seven years later in 2020, someone replied to this comment from 2013 saying, Linkovich, Link, Chomovsky is presumed to be from Estonia. <laughs> is he though? Is he though? Because <laughs> it very much seems like to me textually in the movie that the thing that happens, as is said by the characters, is they just make it up on the spot. They say they throw out the name Estonia as the country because it has stone in it. Yeah. Um. It. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then the the first the oldest comment on this wiki also from a fandom user. On November nineteenth, twenty twelve, says, "What is the name of act? What is the name of actor plays Linkovich?" <laughs> I I can't help but wonder if there's any way they could find out. <laughs> I mean, could you? It, yeah, <laughs> we don't know. I don't know what the edit history of this article is. Maybe in the original version it didn't list his actor. Um, but yeah, there's... Is... Uh... <laughs> I guess this also is in the movie. I guess if you, are, you just vaguely remember having seen this movie and also don't know how to Google stuff, um, yeah. this might be like a thing that will keep you up at night. Every night, it's like when every you, when night, you get song I try to head, fall asleep, head, but you just can't but place I'm, it. Yeah, and it's I'm haunted by the thought. What is name of actor that plays? What is name of actor plays Linkovich? Someone help! I can't sleep until I learn this. <laughs> what is name of actor plays Linkovich? Will I ever know? I am looking at the original version of this, um, published uh, on March twentieth, twenty eleven. This is also the scene where. Is this? Yeah. 
Oh, and uh, it, it does not say that Brendan Fraser plays him, so... um. Okay. I guess, so, so I suppose that's... Uh... that's yeah, that's yeah. That was a rare. When, did, when was Brendan? Yeah, I do want to know when they when they added that. But for some reason, the wiki is just not letting me learn things now. Um, yeah. On the on the wiki article for Stony, it says uh, Stony, portrayed by Paulie Shore, is Dave's best friend. He has his own particular style and uses his own unique brand of slang. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Brendan Fraser caveman is in the background trying to suplex the dog. Oh yeah. Um yeah. That's and that's there Yeah, it's funny. Uh my next note after that is just Gonzagas. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this movie really is kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Because posting posting just the word Gonzagas and then like a picture of like big booby like a video game character that's a post i would see yeah 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 i have no big old this. Like, this is really I'm not saying this movie is good or even <laughs> worth watching uh but gonzagas is just like really great addition to culture gonzagas it's 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 good like out of all the great slang words in this movie, that's that one. It's truly underrated. Yeah. You know, what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna tweet the word Gonzaga's, um, and see what happens by the time <laughs> by the time we're done recording. Um, see if anybody just kind of picks what I'm putting down. <laughs> so, um, they go to school the next day and they have to register Link as a student, and uh. Polly Shore. This is where Polly Shore says, "If we found a caveman in our backyard, I would simply befriend him." <laughs> True. Yep. Um, he he like I think the line is like him exactly like outright stating the conflict of the film um, between our two protagonists, which is you you want to use him, but I just want to be his friend. Which he's correct, and that is what he should say and do. Yeah. Actually, I mean it is. Um, I don't know. Meanwhile, Brendan Fraser Caveman is it? Huh? Oh, no, I was, was just gonna, gonna say, say like this. I, I guess it's decent conflict, but as a side effect, it just makes like if like this. This is this is the final nail in the coffin in Sean Astin's character. Oh yeah. Oh, he's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> he does not care about the humanity or agency of this caveman whatsoever. Yep. Like after after having spent a day with him. In his room, you know, he has no empathy for him as an actual thinking human being. God. Um, I said this is which, the final nail in the coffin, but I remember the bit where he just he goes even more, steeps even lower, so can't it's, wait to get to that. He gets even worse! That's the worst thing about it. But, um, so yeah, Pauly Shore says we should be his friend, and meanwhile in the background, Brendan Fraser Caveman is funny smelling a girl. Um yeah. Yeah, and... He says Gonzaga's uh, again, yeah. He says Gonzaga's, and Robin's... Funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Um, Robin's friend, again, says that she would fuck a caveman, and she likes being sexually imposed upon by a caveman, um, who she doesn't know is a caveman. Yeah. Um, they go into a classroom, and Brendan Fraser Caveman is drawing funny, horny cave drawings on the chalkboard. Um... <laughs> Sean Astin is like, stop doing that. Um, 
And then Sean Astin just disappears from the movie for like <laughs> for like seven minutes. Yeah, because we need to get to the Polly Shore uh, show. We need to. Yeah, we need. <laughs> we need we, we funny Polly like, Shore his comedy routine. Yeah, we need to see hijinks. Um, so uh, there's some funny hip hip hop boys dancing in the hallway. Um, f- what if a caveman danced? Um, Robin's friend. Great. I think it would be good. For the third time, Robin's friend says, I'm going to fuck that caveman. And um, she, like, tells him, I think, to meet up with with her later. I think this is where she says that. Yeah. And then um, Polly Shore and Brenda Fraser caveman have to go to the convenience store um, to deal with some racist caricatures and learn about product placement snacks. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but this is... I feel like this is the famous scene of the movie. Uh-huh, yeah, Polly Shore sells merch with this scene on it. Because this is, like, um, this is a, this scene is on YouTube. Here, I'll post the link. Uh, as, like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my it's... god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Polly Shore, Polly Shore's official merch store sells a t-shirt with an image of him in this film drinking icy out of the machine and it says wheeze the juice Polly shore on it thirty dollars thirty dollars thirty american dollars and this could be yours i'm not sure i would go outside wearing this i it comes in four different colors i remember hearing people say this about like podcast t-shirts that have like an inside reference on them that uh-huh. well, imagine the type of explaining you'd need for this no this is the t-shirt where you'd need the most explaining for. Like, <laughs> nobody has seen this movie. Yeah. And, and it, like, this, this, like, stylized, oh my god, it also has the name Polly Shore on it. Yeah. <laughs> like. So that answers one question. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is perverted. Ugh, it's miserable. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Polly wheezes the juice. Um, he wheezes the juice. It's funny. Um, they it's like this they, whole bit. It drags for so long. It's so. <laughs> I'm sure it's like three minutes, but it feels like half of the movie. Yeah. Then, then we get a funny amusement park montage set to Stone Cold Crazy, um, which I do like to hear. I mean, I'm not going to say no to hearing it. Um, but they're they're at the amusement park and it's funny they go they do more shenanigans and antics and hijinks, um, and then like then it just then uh, Sean Astin is anxiously moping in front of his house, and um, Polly Shore comes up on on his little moped, and uh, th- my next note is they're actually married and Link is their son, um, yeah, which not, like uh... I think this is where I truly realized it, yeah, yeah, this is where the theme. Yeah, in. Um, yeah, and um, Brendan Fraser Caveman is talking like Polly Shore, which uh, Brendan or uh, Sean Astin doesn't care for. Uh, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. Who wouldn't love I don't this? Know, if my son talked um, like Polly Shore, I would be so proud of him. Truly. Um, then it's dinner time, and this is where we have dinner with the whole family. Um, I don't know why this family dinner has to start this way but it starts with Polly Shore saying to 
Sean Astin's dad some shit like someday I could marry your daughter and you'd be my dad and <laughs> Sean Astin's sister in this movie is like 12 <laughs> this is the worst thing that Pauly Shore does in this movie yeah and she's like I don't know she has like a funny reaction face or something I don't know it's weird but yeah she she's in like two scenes to just be like you know obnoxious little sister yeah um there's I don't think she and Polly Shore interact at all. I don't know why this has to happen. I don't like it. Um but whatever. I mean it's we're not supposed to think about it because funny cavemen eat a fly. Yeah. I guess um, it's this I guess it's just this thing about like Stony being like part of Dave's family. Like this is this is a I don't even know why this was even necessary, but, like, he also, like, explains that he's eating there because his mom is bummed out, which I guess is supposed to be interpreted that she's struggling with depression or something, and that's why Polly Shore often has dinner at Dave's house. But it's just yeah. funny because it's this, like, weird surfer dude, uh, weasel man <laughs> eating with the family. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because we were begging them to know why. Yeah, the audience had like, to know. This is the one bit where they were like, oh, we got to explain this one. Why is he having to Yeah. We could have we could have gone directly into the next scene, but um <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess the main point of this scene aside from letting us know that um Polly Shore comes from a comedy broken family. Um <laughs> Is that uh, we have to see funny caveman eat a dog food? That's so funny. That's what that's they so eat funny. in Estonia. Yeah, that's what they eat. It's dog food. <laughs> um, isn't it funny how Americans don't know anything about um, Baltic countries, Eastern European countries? That's it's hilarious. Kind of funny. We love it. Um, so then we go to the ice skating rink, which is called Blades, um, and. Oh yeah. Oh, my next note is he's drawing Betty Nugs, and <laughs> um, Betty Nugs. We <laughs> we haven't discussed the words Betty or Nugs. Um, so Betty, if you've seen Clueless, a Betty is just a hot girl, right? Yeah. Um, this is what every every teenager in California was saying, um, in the nineties. Nugs means something different from what it means today. Uh. Because nowadays, when I hear the word nugs, what I think is a funny weed. Yes. Um, but apparently, according to Pauly Shore, <laughs> if you look up, if you look it up in the in the Polktionary, uh-huh. what nugs are are big booby. It's it says C Gonzagas. Gonzagas. Gonzaga. So he's mm. drawing. I think he's he's like using ketchup and mustard to draw like a stick figure lady with big booby. Um, on like a glass panel, and um, uh, there's no results for Gonzagas on the Encino <laughs> Man wiki, which is insane. <laughs> Fuck this wiki. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's drawing, he's drawing girl with boobs on the on the wall, and. Um, Robin's friend is like, who's that? And he says, Betty Nugs. And she's like, funny assumes that Betty Nugs is the name of his girlfriend back in Estonia. <laughs> um, That's kind of funny. 
It's kind of funny. Um, and then Sean Astin does a very normal thing that any human being, any relatable teen boy would do, where he shows up, he, he, it's very normal to do this. Every American teen boy has done this, where they have shown up, um, they've gone to a gathering where the girl they like is there and shown her a naked baby photo of the two of them in public with many people around. Everybody does this! This is serial killer behavior. (laughs) This is demented. (laughs) This is deranged. Nobody would do this. If someone did this, I would move to a different country. (laughs) I would never speak to this person ever again. I would leave that minute. I would say, Mom, please come pick me up. I... Nobody who's supposed to be a relatable character should be doing this. This is deranged. And I mean, um, the, in the context of the like, the movie tries to like show this as like a as like a haha awkward moment, as like yeah. an awkward misstep, like something that something that, that ah look at him, he's just he's such a he's 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 just so clumsy, he's just a yeah. high school loser, he uh, doesn't know how to talk to girls, but it's like no, yeah, this is beyond cringe. This is <laughs> there's a. There's an article on the Encino Man wiki just of this picture. Oh my god! Um, it's called Bath what? Picture. I can link it here. What? Hold on. And Bath this is just picture. one sentence that says, Dave awkwardly shows a picture of he and Robin taking a bath together when they were children, comma, in a juvenile effort to convince her to go out with him. <laughs> the only <laughs> comment... There's a comment on this. There's it's the only comment, comment on it. September 2021. September this 2021, year. People are still not only watching and see No Man, but commenting on and see No Man Wiki. <laughs> and all this comment says is, that's so disgusting. Which, it is. they're correct. It is. It very much is. I mean, but I'm wondering if, from all the comments we've read on Encino Man Wiki, I'm really wondering if the people using this are actually people who are fans of the movie or if it's just like <laughs> someone, if it's just the people who stumbled on this wiki and they were like, hmm, very interesting, Encino Man. Let's learn about this. And that's why they have follow-up questions like this or reactions like this because they're just like exploring this, like they're treating Encino Man Wiki as like, I don't know, as some, some sort of uh, mysterious like book they found found from a different culture that they need to <laughs> learn about the uh I'm, i've done some low level digging because that the page about the bath picture has just sat on this wiki unedited unremarked upon for over 10 years <laughs> um um and i went to i went to the page of the person who uh created it who is sam stokes 80 uh-huh. fandom user um and this person has 242 edits i think this is the person who's just like this is the webmaster of the the encino man wiki we would not have this wiki were it not for sam stokes 80 so you, um <laughs> yeah thank you so much sam stokes <laughs> <laughs> friend of the show friend of the show <laughs> <laughs> I clicked on some random page and um the fan feed more Encino Man wiki. The top three pages are Linkovich Chamovsky, 
Number two is Cave Nug. And I clicked on it, and it says, Link's Cave Nug was his mate in prehistoric times. They were separated when a massive earthquake resulted in both of them being frozen in ice for eons. Link is reunited with his Cave Nug at the end of the movie when Dave and Stoney revive her. There's an article on slang. Uh-huh. And the article is called, the title of the article is, Life's about greasing the do-back buddy and wheezing on the buffest. And then the entire text of the article is, Life's about greasing the do-back buddy and wheezing the buffest. (laughs) (laughs) One of the comments by a fandom user is, What does that really mean? Who's to say? I did link to the cave nug page because... Um, I want you to see the comments on this page. The comments are... They need to be seen. Um, the first... The first comment on Cave Nug in Sino Man Wiki page is from a fandom user. Uh, and it says, I like to be in Insano Man movie to be with the Morgans family and be a part of as a daughter. Um... And then, I think this is the same person uh, replies to that and says, I like to be part of it. I'm going to be older sister to Tina and David. Why is there an Encino Man roleplay community? <laughs> <laughs> the other the, the other comment is also insane. This is all from the same day, so it might be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person. Please read this one. Uh, this is also from a fandom user from 2014. Maybe I can name her as Bethany. Beth, is short, Beth for short, like a Nick name is Beth. <laughs> Maybe I can name her is Bethany Beth for short, like a nickname is Beth. Insane. <laughs> God. What the fuck were we talking about, Cave uh, Nug? The Beth photo. Yeah, the Beth photo. Okay, yeah, this. Okay. So Dave is normal. This is the the type of thing (laughs) with the bath photo, just to get back to it for one last second, where, like, if this were, like, in a better movie, I would say that this really sucks that they put this in, because it's, like, Uh weird. But in a movie like Encino Man, it's just, like, I don't know. It just really enhances how bizarre it is, I guess. Uh, Yeah! Yeah, you know what? That's true. That's that's a way of looking at it that I can get on board with. It's in in the world of this movie, this is just a thing that happens. Yeah, it's like it's not that like you know, it's not like it's a thing. It's not like it's a thing where I'm like, yeah, if this were in a better movie, I'd be more disappointed with it. But yeah. since it's in this movie, um, it's like what I've come to expect. But it's not that quite so much as it is the f- it being in this movie is like it's just another thing about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like like it still stands out as like one of the most insane things that happened that we're supposed to like, yeah. just roll with, but but it's it's also like it doesn't come across as like oh this movie normalizes having naked photo bath showing showing a girl you want to date a photo of you being in a bath as children and saying we were naked together because it's an insane thing that nobody would do Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) um like 
And, like, the next thing that happens is, like, arguably, rightfully, Sean Astin gets beat up for doing this. Yeah. Um, the the jock boyfriend beats him up in hockey mode. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Brendan Fraser Caveman is playing F Mega. Um, he, like, found a racing game, uh, like an arcade game, and he's playing it and he likes it. But he gets distracted from it when he sees um, Jock Boyfriend beating up his dad. Um, and he comes over, uh, and we think that, like, a big fight is going to happen. Oh, he's going to go caveman on this man's ass. But, um, actually, it's a little bit different. It kind of subverts your expectations uh-huh. as it happens. Because Jock Boyfriend comes up and he punches Link, but he doesn't fight back. He just kind of rubs his his large Brendan Fraser head, um, and doesn't do anything. And um, it's because, like a second later, we cut to them all walking out of the uh, the skating rink, and we find out that, like as Stony says, um, cavemen don't know what popularity or being cool is, um, <laughs> so they don't understand the concept of fighting back in the face of it. They're pacifists. They fight. For food and survival, not for popularity or being cool. Great. They fight for the necessities, um, which in this day and age, obviously popularity and being cool is a necessity. Yeah, but it's more important. in caveman times? Yeah, not quite as much. Um, and, you know, Pauly Shore knows all about popularity and being cool. He, he knows exactly. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he did. He Many will say. If I trust anybody. Day, if you want to see a cool guy. <laughs> that man right there, he's got Polly energy to me. Uh, we get Polly another Shorn montage. Knows Fred Durst. So that's, Polly Shore that's knows cool Fred Durst. Polly Shore and Fred Durst are good friends. They've collaborated collaborated multiple times. Uh, yeah, I think like to this day, like until uh, up to recently. <laughs> They're buds. Um, so yeah, Link doesn't fight back because this isn't a matter of living or eating. So we get yet another montage where um, they're trying to teach him self-defense by showing him, you know, VHS tapes of wrestling and martial arts. And uh-huh. it's funny. Uh, and then... Wrestling tape also has a wiki page for whatever reason. Are you there's everything just on wrestling classics volume four. Oh my god give me wrestling classics volume four jesus christ there's 69 distinct things about this movie that deserve to have a wiki page such a good number too <laughs> we're not allowed to make a new article we can't it's got the perfect number of them even if there's none on Gonzaga's, like, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, if we can, like, I don't want to disrupt the delicate balance, like, you know, unless we can yeah, think I don't of want 300... To, like, delete the article on, she's bummed because I snaked your last bagel. That's I would never, I wouldn't dream of such a thing. Um, Maybe we can come up with 351 other Ooh. distinct things about this, and then we can get to a different funny number. Um... Yeah, different a different type of nug. 
Yeah, a different type of nugget. Uh, thanks once again to of, Sam Stokes eighty for this article. By the way, same different guy. Type of munching on some grindage, which is also an article. Uh, um. So after after that montage, we get another montage of um. They go to school the next day, and people at school think Link is super cool now because he got punched, which is what happens. Yeah. Um. Uh, and we get a montage of him being popular and having fun with everybody. Um, he's making friends with literally everybody. They all think he's the best. Um, it's kind of wholesome. Uh, they go on a trip, they go on a field trip to, to the museum, uh, so that I guess a tiny bit of plot can happen. Mm-hmm. This is this is um, what we were waiting for. Finally, there's a there's a moment where the characters are sad. <laughs> At last, um, so they go on a field trip to the museum, and um, Link like sneaks away to go watch paleontological reconstructions happen. And despite being somebody who I would assume, you know, deals with like you know has to take down like woolly mammoths and the like for food. Um, and probably sees death a lot more often in his daily life than you or I would. Yep. Um, he gets scared of skeletons. He is scared of Skellington. There's a shot where, like, you can see, uh, in the background, uh, that the mascot of Encino High School is the mammoth. And I thought that was going to become a thing, but it's not. It's just a little, (laughs) it's just a little Easter egg for, for eagle-eyed viewers. Yeah. Um... But then, um, then we get sad Link in the Cro-Magnon display trying to make a fire, uh, and, uh, uh, Pauly Shore and Sean Astin find him, and Pauly Shore truly is the motherly figure here, um, in a, in analytic terms, because he's, he's trying to raise his son with empathy. Um, he has empathy for him, he approaches him in a very, uh, understanding manner, um, he's very gentle, um, and he's like, yeah, you, what is he fucking, he's like, you miss home or whatever, like, yeah, this is what it was for you, you miss your, like you miss your cave friends. You miss your um, cave nug. You miss your cave nug. It's so sad. And in the background, the jock boyfriend sees this. And, like, I don't know if he's actually at, like, a hearing distance, but I assume he can, like, hear something, because, like, imagine, okay, uh-huh. let's, imagine. let's enter, let's enter some jock shoes. Imagine you're, you're a 90s high school jock, right? Yes, this is very easy for me to imagine. I, yeah, every day I can put myself in this situation. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy who, like, you know, has a crush on your girlfriend, um, and... <laughs> He's he's a fucking weirdo, and he has a, a another weirdo as a friend, and then they they find another guy who is a friend of theirs. They they just suddenly uh-huh. have this foreign exchange student as their friend. This is a very complicated um, mental situation to imagine, but I'm with you. Follow along with me. Yeah. Um, and um, you get into an altercation with the foreign exchange friend, um, due to a series of event- events, whatever. Um, and. The next day, or a while later, whatever, you're in a museum, you're on your class field trip, 
And you see these three characters, one of whom you have punched, another of whom you have stapled to a wall. Uh-huh. Um, and all three of them are in the caveman exhibit. Um, and the foreign exchange guy seems to be having a moment. Um, and you see them kind of huddled together. They're probably, like, murmuring something. Um, I don't know what your first thought is here. If you are experiencing this as as Janosch High School bully. I just think it's fucked up that they're inside the display at the museum, mostly. (laughs) Nobody's stopping them. (laughs) (laughs) They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be allowed to do this. Um, my first thought, if I'm '90s high school jock yeah. bully Roy, if that's the version of me that I'm experiencing, my first thought immediately is going to be the new kid's a caveman. <laughs> that's what I have to jump to. I have like I have no other conclusion I can draw. It's got to be that. It's got to be. That's gotta be it. Like that's, There's that's no like other explanation the, for this. Every, <laughs> you know, connecting every every lead. This is like in a, in a fucking Ace Attorney case where it's like <laughs> it can only be one thing, and then there's like four options, and then you choose the defendant is a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the in the cut of this. Where the POV is switch, and we're in high school jock bully boyfriend Matt's point of view. He's watching this, and the Death Note music is playing, <laughs> and we see like all of the scenes going going by, and he's connecting them, and he says, "Oh my god, now I know why his name is Link." Yeah, it's not actually short for Linkovich Shamovsky at all. He's the missing. I've been link. had. He's the missing link. I've been I've been taken for a ride, and so has the rest of the school. Um, You'd think I have to do something about this. Male uh, protagonist of the Legend of Zelda video game <laughs> franchise. I could have sworn, <laughs> but they pulled a fast one on me. Yeah. Um, I have me, to do something about this. Records in so, um, yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, then, um, we go home, they're, they're at home, I guess, that night, and, um, Link is, he's passed out asleep in the, the little hammock that they've set up for him, and he's, he's, like, cuddling with the dog, and I do like to see that, and, uh, Pauly Shore is like, please, Sean Astin, I'm begging you to be a good father to our beautiful caveman son, um, Please treat him like the human with agency that he is. I know you're human garbage. I know you're the fucking worst. I know you just showed the girl you had a crush on a picture of yourself and her naked in the pool when you were children. In public in front of dozens of other people. I know you just said out loud we were naked together to someone... You hope to go to the to the prom with? I know this, but I'm begging you to have just a sliver of empathy for our beautiful, perfect, large caveman son. Look at him; he's so tired. He's so lonely. Yep. Um, 
and Sean Astin says no, and then uh, they <laughs> uh, then it's the next day, and they have to run out of Ernest Hemingway class because they look out the window and see um, Brenda Fraser Caveman is trying to play F Mega in real life. He's taking driver's ed. Um, oh my god, I forgot about this. Odd that they would get him into a class without their supervision. This is horror. This is a horrifying sequence. Like this is this is genuinely some uncut gems shit. Trying to watch uh, cavemen get into car. Yeah, this is terrifying. Um, so they they run out of class and they have to go stop this. And um, at some point, at some point, Sean Astin calls Robin Rob. Which I don't know why, but I really like the idea of calling a girl Rob. Um, and, uh, but they, they like get into the car somehow. Uh Um, and, uh, they all pile in and Link is, he's going for it. I mean, he's playing, he's playing Gran Turismo. Um, he's doing stunts. It's freaking epic. He's driving through the whole city. They end up getting a flat tire in who fucking cares where. Um, And they decide to go into a bar for more, for some Chicano stereotype fun. Yeah, but I mean, the the driving sequence is like, this is where all of them should, them would like in, if if Encino Man was in real life. Yeah. They would get in some trouble with this, right? Like, I think they might get in a little bit of trouble. I don't think they would be allowed to like go into a bar and to prom after this. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, like, I mean, they're in, they're in, they're in California. Um, and I think, hold on a second. Yes, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do my research because I don't want to say something stupid and then be held accountable for it. Um, <laughs> I need to make a, a a proper joke. Yeah. Um, Encino, California is like in, it's in like Southern California. It's like vaguely near, um, LA. And one thing that I do know about the city of Los Angeles, California, is that cops are there. Um, yes, I heard of that. I, yeah, I think that if cops uh-huh. saw a car doing the things that this car is doing, they might take some kind of action about it. Yes, cops love to take action about certain things, at least. Yeah, I would think this would be one of them, especially when they end up in the part of town that seems like a little bit seedy and has uh-huh. minorities in it. Yeah, this is this is like a moment of like them putting like a lot of lives in danger let's be honest yeah 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 there's like they're definitely doing a lot of things that i would say are not great for the average bystander yeah so they probably get a couple people killed or injured um before they get a flat tire and then they decide all right that plot that part of the story is over um let's let's go to a bar in the middle of the day on a school day um (laughs) (laughs) they go into the like um the bar and like i said it's full of like cholo stereotypes great um paulie shore gets peer pressured into doing some toxic masculinity (laughs) and breaking edge 
He's trying to be a good boy at first. Yeah. He's trying not to have drinks. Um, but they do say, aren't you a man or whatever the fuck it is. And he, he relents and he gets drunk off of a little bit of alcohol the way a teen might. Um, in like another part of the bar, one of the guys, one of the bar men is like talking to Sean Aston, and he's like, you see that girl over there? Don't look at my girl or I'll kill you. And so that's how you know that uh, somebody is going to look at her. And you know it's going to be Link because they show him immediately, and he does. Yes. Um, he does do that. <laughs> then we start getting parts, like, intercut with this, where Jock Boyfriend and his boys are, like, back at the school, snooping in files, and they find Link's, like, record? They break into school at night. They break into school at night, so I guess this is happening asynchronously. Um, they find his, his registration, I guess, and it's just a dog license. <laughs> um, so this proves the theory that he's caveman. I don't know why there would be a dog license. Like, huh? how did you get... I mean, they ha- he... Like, you'd assume a human person would look at that if you, he, like, that you, like, registered you would think. at school. Like, I don't you think this think. would have, like, got through. Not to, not to Cinema Sins and Cino Man here, but... Yeah, not to, not to be a doubting Thomas. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I know public schools are famously underfunded. Um, but That's true. so they find the 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 dog license with Link's name on it, and then we go back to the bar, and um, Link gets like confronted by the tough guy who said, "Don't look at my girl." Um, and he says like whatever it was that he had said in Spanish class earlier in the movie. I forget what he said. He says, he's like, asks where the bathroom is and says something about like the cheese is moldy or something. And this, this tough yeah, guy loves it. Forgot about this. He, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're, you're correct. She ain't shit. Um, and then, uh, the bartender is like, cops are here. Um, and, uh, Dave and Link get funny arrested. Um, which is the first realistic thing to happen in this movie so far. Um, and then, like, Polly Shore is, like, in the car with the stereotypes and Robin, and he's teaching them how to speak Polly Shore. Very funny. It's very funny. They get back to, um, they get back to Robin's house to drop her off, and, like, is Matt there yet? But she says she isn't gonna I, go I to the prom say, with like, Matt. She's mad the at him for, for punching Link earlier. part of the movie, I was like, I <laughs> Not very aware of everything that was happening, so you kind of wheezing the juice a little bit. Uh oh, yeah, they get the mug shot. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, they get the mug shot. Um, they drop. Yeah, so they whatever they drop Robin off. She says, "I'm not going to the prom with my my jock bully boyfriend." And then dumbass Sean Aston is in jail, and yeah. he uses his one phone call <laughs> to ask Robin to the prom. <laughs> Instead of like asking anybody for help, which any human being using my my one phone call in jail to uh to to uh call my crush and say uh <laughs> oh my god when I said we were naked as children I meant that. <laughs> 
What is thinking here? That was the last thing. The last <laughs> thing she, he said to her was, we were naked here on this picture of us in the pool. He doesn't have a regular brain. He does not have a human's brain. Um, But she says, no, I'm not going to go to the prom with you. Ask Link if he'll go with me. Ask him for me. Yeah. Um, And he's like, absolutely not. And, um... He hangs up and he's upset at Link, and then then they're just home all of a sudden. So I guess something happened here. Couldn't tell oh, you. Wasn't um, it? Yeah, I. Wasn't there a thing about Link, let's just all go to prom together? Yeah, she says that. Yeah, she's like, we can all just go together. It's fine. Um, and he gets upset and hangs up. Um, and literally he hangs up the phone. He gives Link a dirty look, and then then they're at home. They just got back home. Despite him using yeah, his one phone call on that. I don't... Um, the, I, the causality of events at this point is like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? The writer said nobody, nobody's... Nobody, nobody's gonna keep at this watching point, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I am on the last page of my notes, though, so thank God. So, um, <laughs> I think it's the next day. Um, Sean Astin takes the car uh, and he puts Link in the back. Uh, who is a little bit distraught. He runs into into Polly Shore, who's on his little moped, and um, but he just drives off away from him, and uh, Polly Shore follows. And he takes Link out to the middle of nowhere and gives him a backpack full of snacks and says, like, and, like dumps a bunch of change into his hand, and he says, Go! You are free now. I don't want you anymore. And... My next note literally says, that's your son. Oh, thank God mom is here because Polly Shore comes up. <laughs> um, oh my God, this quote you have here. <laughs> <laughs> Polly Shore comes up and he's like, you can't do this. That's our son. He's an actual person. And Sean Astin is like, who fucking cares? He's He stole my girl. And uh, Polly Shore is like, he's still our little baby boy. We love, I love him. And this is, and Sean Astin says the quote that I have written down, which is something like this. I can't remember if this is 100% accurate, but it's basically this. <laughs> if you want to say it. All your life, all you've cared about are knucks, chilling, and grindage. Me the fuck too. <laughs> <laughs> that's all and you then need. They, that's all you need. And then they like get into a, they like start physically fighting. And I just hate it when a caveman son has to witness his teenage boy parents physically fighting. It's so sad. It's so tragic. Um, nobody should have to witness uh, this. I just, but just trying to find the actual quote. But Polly Shore also tells Sean Astin, "You're the one who wheezed off his gig the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> and now the guy gets a little crusty. <laughs> the guy gets. You're crusty. just going to back him. <laughs> Sorry, that's not how it works with friends, man. You don't beg your friends because they get in your way no matter what. Yeah, and then Sean Astin says, you, you, you got the quote, right? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, words to live by out of Polly's mouth. Just, <laughs> you don't beg your friend when he gets a little crusty. <laughs> I would do never that. do this. No, he gets a little crusty and you beg him. You don't do that. You don't beg your friends. Graceful! Who would do this? Um, 
Like, like, I guess he, like, doesn't he, like, run over and, like, break up their fight, and then they all have a moment where they're like, oh, uh, I, I learned to listen, um, yeah. and they do a group hug. Big um, hug. Yeah, big group hug. And then it's time for the prom. And, uh, yeah. Robin is over at Sean Astin's house, and he says that he, he can't go because he's on, he's on probation, um, which right. I'm not sure if he means that literally he's legally on probation or he's just grounded or both. Um, it's never quite who knows expanded upon. Who knows? Who cares? Um, but Link has like a cool prom outfit, and he and Robin are going to go to the prom together. Um, meanwhile, Sean Aston and Polly Shore go to the backyard, and they have drinks by the pool, which is now an actual pool. When did that um, happen? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's. <laughs> it just did. Um uh Jock bully boyfriend sneaks into Sean Aston's house. Mm-hmm. He sneaks into his room in a full tuxedo. Um and he like trips and gets funny caught in the hammock and he finds incriminating caveman photos. Um he finds all the evidence that Link is a caveman. And he he speeds off for the prom. This is the and... movie's final desperate attempt to create like a last minute conflict. <laughs> it's trying so hard. It's trying so hard. Um, another earthquake starts rumbling. Um, they go to the prom, and then uh, they're about to crown Link the prom king. And Matt runs in, Matt the boyfriend runs in and he says, no, and he points at Link and says, sus, <laughs> and he he accuses him of B.O.'s caveman, and uh, as it turns out, everybody <laughs> loves it. Everyone clapped. Uh, that's the whole, like, I mean, it's kind of funny that they resolve it like that, I guess. <laughs> it's the <laughs> whole central, like secret of the movie is just yeah everyone thinks it's cool everybody loves it Let's... they all love it <laughs> this is that i feel like I've, I've i've seen a tweet about this like a while ago about how there was a time when every when movies just like solved every conflict with a dance uh yeah yeah like, yeah with like a end credits dance scene and that's kind of what happens here yeah, pretty much. Um, then uh, Sean Aston comes up and he, because um, they saw Matt like speeding off with the caveman photos. Um, he comes up and Matt calls Link the F slur. So Link, king shit, does the righteous thing and headbutts him. Because <laughs> um, you don't throw out a slur like that and get away with it. Um, he headbutts him, he throws him into cake. Uh, Pauly Shore pours punch on him, and then the movie ends with a dance. The band is playing a song called, like, Feed the Monkey or something, (laughs) and it absolutely... Tell me this song is not sampling YYZ. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, this is the song Feed the Monkey by Infectious Grooves. This was only featured in this movie. I don't know if this was written for this. Feed the Monkey. Song by Infectious Grooves. <laughs> Infe- Infectious Grooves is an American funk metal supergroup led by Suicidal Tendencies frontman Mike Muir. Wonderful. It it seems like... Because there's a... On the, on the Genius page for Feed the Monkey, 
it's listed as track seven on Encino Man original motion picture soundtrack. So I, I just assume they wrote this for the movie. Probably. It absolutely like it's this, definitely. Oh my god! The lyrics to this songs are: She likes to feed the monkey. <laughs> she likes. To she feed sure the does. Monkey. She likes to feed the monkey. She likes the monkey. Well, gather around and let me tell you all a story about a boy and his monkey. He got that kind of monkey that the girls want to know. He likes to take his monkey every place that he goes. Can you pet your monkey? Hey ho, you see the monkey? Did you know you made my monkey hungry? Like, this seems like, for the first, like, I don't know, this seems like a dick metaphor. Or like a song where the monkey is the dick for, for, for most of it, but then like, the feeding thing... Because then, then, like, in the next verse, it just really leans into describing the feeding. So it's like, did you know you made my monkey hungry? <laughs> Didn't know how it got so hungry. Will you feed the monkey? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a dick metaphor. Yeah, I guess the 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 act of feeding, I guess, is is metaphorically refers to, you know, getting your dick hard. Yeah. Um, She likes to make my dick hard. She likes to feed the uh, monkey. So on and so forth. It definitely absolutely samples YYZ by Rush. Um, YYZ if you're not American. Um, everybody at the prom does a coordinated dance routine. Um, then then it's like, I guess they do like an after party thing at the uh, at Sean Astin's house. Um, they get together. Who fucking cares? Um, he and Robin, they like each other now. Yeah, um, for whatever reason. Like this is yeah for whatever reason she yeah <laughs> suddenly she, they just she, like it yeah um like g- genuinely and, I've and seen very get... few movies those do so little work <clears throat> to make the central romance make any sense it, yeah it's just gotta happen so it happens so then the very last scene the very last thing that happens um Link. And Pauly Shore are, like, a smoke alarm goes off, and they go inside, and they follow a trail of more Russian sleep experiment window shit smears and things of that nature. <laughs> um, And they go up into the bathroom, and they peek inside, and wouldn't you know it, there's a sexy cave lady in the bathtub. Cave nug. Cave nug. And they give the cave nug a makeover, and she looks like a hot California babe. And uh, then there's a freeze frame ending, and it goes black, and the screen says, The end, buddy. Because <laughs> it must. The movie thinks Polly Shore is so funny. The movie loves Pauly Shore so much. It loves him so much. And the credits list all the sexy girls as nugs. And I don't know how much of the credits you sat through, but I sat through the whole thing. And there's a little bit at the end of the credits, Uh towards the end of the credits, where it says, Read Encino High, Stoney's Notebook. What? (laughs) That's what I said. So I immediately opened up my browser and said, what is this? And I googled it, and uh, Encino High Stoney's Notebook, colon Stoney's Notebook, is a tie-in book for the film Encino Man 1992. Um, I really, I wanted so bad to be able to find 
like a copy of this on like eBay or something, but it's like wildly out of print. Like the only copies anywhere are like five hundred dollars because nobody bought this thing. So there's no copies of it around. But it's like a little diary thing in Polly Shorestoney's point of view describing the events of the film Encino Man 1992. Um, it lists Stoney Brown as the off as the author. Um, if you Google it, the Go- the Goodreads page for it has the genres listed as humor and fantasy fiction. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> it's got five stars got with five one, stars rating, one rating, one vote. Yeah. yeah. No reviews, but one rating. I mean... It doesn't have the cover on Goodreads. I did see pictures of it, though. I need this. I want this so bad. I have never wanted anything (laughs) more in my life. Like, there's this beautiful $250 Weiwushan sculpture. It's gorgeous. And I don't want that half as much (laughs) as I want... Encino High Stoney's Notebook. I just dropped a link to, like, somebody's collection page of it, where they have some photos of it. Um, don't find any digital it's copies nowhere. either. Yeah, it's nowhere. Yeah. Um, here's a better, here's a better resolution. Based on the um, buff new comedy it. from Hollywood Pictures. Oh my oh, god, it was, one. I Hold guess... On. At one point or another, um, oh, this... a half price books in Dallas, Texas was selling it, but this was two years ago. DVD so and the book set with Stone is notebook. This is this is a real Encino head. Real Encino oh, head. God. Yeah, because there's also like a novelization. Uh huh. Yeah, this it's um the book is like made to look like a composition book and everything. Fantastic. Just tremendous. I wanted a copy of this. I wanted to be able to find a copy of this and buy it and just, like, pull it up as we were recording and surprise you with it, but that wasn't... That was not meant to happen, no. clearly. Um, and if you if you somehow... You know, if you're listening to this and uh, somehow know, like, have a copy of this or know how to, you know... Yeah. Just, just like... Let us know. We'll figure something. Yeah, out. yeah. If you were someone you know, if you were someone you love, um, here's a picture of the back cover of it. Hold on, the back cover of it, which is also written in in Stony's point of view, his his voice, which oh you can God. hear very well. Um, hey buds, want to read my book? Check this crusty mop chilling <laughs> on my melon. Check the babes on the cheerleading crew. They're in here, dude. Don't go psycho on me yet. Read this cool notebook and take it home, even. Space dot dot dot. Space. If you've got the fundage, it's full of great stuff about me, that is. Stony the weasel, weasin' in my own movie. All about Encino High, where we find this caveman, the stoniest dude from the Stone Age, and who tries to harsh my gig with this hot Betty. And her main dude is this killer freak, man. He's into his own... His own na- his own nom, okay. He lays into my pal Dave, but it turns out all right, man. You have to see it to believe it. Anyway, don't get too edged when you're reading this, because it's hot, man. But you've got to keep chilling if you if you wants to keep wheezing on the buffest babes, buds. <laughs> but it's not it's not even true, like because because he says uh, this kid, the stoniest dude from Stone Age who tries to harsh my gig with 
this hot Betty? That's not true. Yeah, what the fuck? Are, yeah, what are you talking Stoney about? Tony is completely unbothered by any of it. He likes it. Like, yeah. He he likes when they go to the amusement park ride together. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's it's Dave who who is being a piece of shit about it. Yeah, Stony Stony has no time. Stony Stony is not troubled by this. Yeah. Stony has nothing to do with girls, with nugs, as they say. <laughs> he says the he says the word a lot, but he has like no interactions with them of any meaningful. <laughs> you know, it's. This is. I want this so bad. God damn. I want this so bad. God damn. I hate because before I knew about this, I was like at peace. But <laughs> now I am tormented by Encino High. Stone is notebook. <laughs> God, I. It's it's tragic. Yeah. Somebody please, if like your dad or your uncle or somebody, if you or someone you love. Has experienced a physical copy of Encino High Stoney's Notebook. Please. We gotta have it. I'll show boob. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'll do it. But, yeah, that's the movie. That's Encino, um, man. That's Encino, man. I know... I know we're... We've been recording for two hours and 41 yeah. minutes. But... We haven't even talked about Wattpad. I think we're gonna have to do it at a different episode. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to record for four hours. Uh, That's true. Um, do you... I do kind of... Just as, like, maybe as a teaser, yes. maybe we can just read, like, the summary of oh, it. Yes, that's a great um, idea. The, like, little teaser text for it. Hold on. Um, so this... <laughs> this is called... This is called in, Inconspicuous. Inconspicuous. Backslash, backslash, Encino Man. Um, last updated December 5th, 2016. I don't even know how This has how 12 to... chapters. Yes. I don't even know how to read the summary because Wattpad is such a bad website. I think it doesn't let me read the summary if I'm not, like, logged in. It, I, um, I got to it by, uh, going up to the, like, um, top left corner. And there's a little drop-down menu that has, like, the icon in the title of it uh-huh and if you click oh on my that God, um yes i found it yeah yeah click on it yeah Great you'll find website. it and it'll yeah it's 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 a good website we all love it um yeah the read time the estimated read time on this is an hour and 19 minutes and i simply do not have that time on this date but um <sighs> inconspicuous by yeah. ashley kless i mean we um, can either like just read inconspicuous next episode instead of doing the next movie or before doing the next movie or we do all of the poly movies and then do like a little wrap-up episode where we can get to bits we didn't oh i like that i do like yeah, that let's do that yeah um i do want to read let's let's read the let's read the the summary yeah. though um just to just to let everyone know uh <laughs> give them a taste um, do you want to read it or do you? I feel like you should have the honor since you found yeah. this. So this is uh, it's conspicuous and see no man. Um, Marked to complete and complete mature. And mature. I was invisible. Well, not really. I was popular and lived the life every kid wants after watching those cliche high school movies. But I was invisible to him. He liked my friend Robin. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do anything to intervene that, whether I liked him or not. <laughs> I just want to also go over the table of contents real quick. 
please <laughs> oh my god incredible chapter, oh my god chapter one strange weasels chapter two gazongas <laughs> chapter three redmobile chapter four he's a caveman no chapter five picture perfect chapter six we got in chapter seven i love them together chapter eight <laughs> you're jealous but spelled y-o-u-r my jealous chapter nine my jealous you turn me on chapter 10 in all caps grindage <laughs> chapter 11 i love you chapter 12 forever and always so i guess it's a happy ending i guess oh my god yeah we're gonna have I to can't. get back to this eventually um i can't wait for this <laughs> yeah i i like skimmed the first chapter and it's really good <laughs> i can't fucking oh my god <laughs> oh my god the newest comment under the first chapter three days ago says thank you for your service Polyfix are impossible to find. Oh my god. From Jerome Valeska. So, oh my god. That's that. I think oh. that's been the first episode. Um, I think that's been the first episode. Next episode, whenever it... Whatever release schedule we decide for this one. Yep. Um, but next time, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Son-in-Law, which... Son-in-Law. Seems awful. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Seems bad. There was a there was a YouTube clip that came up for me, and I clicked uh-huh. on it, and it was awful. So can't wait to get to more <laughs> of that. Can't wait. Uh, and often, awfully like not even in a funny way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is probably like the tip of the iceberg. This is a this is this is the movie that is the most like just like a normal movie, like enjoyable to normal people. Because as much as Polish Shore was the best part of it, he was still... Uh-huh. I don't know how you can build a movie on him as the main character. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you can build a, char- a, a movie on him as, like, a love interest. Oh, or as, like, somebody yeah. who has, like, a relationship yep. arc. So that relates they... to the bad clip I saw on YouTube. Uh, I don't want to spoil why it was bad, but... Oh, God. Because, <laughs> like, that is one thing that Encino Man did correctly. Like, you yeah. can't take a Pauly Shore and make him into, like, you know, anybody who has any kind of romantic subplot. He's not there for that. He does no. not exist for that purpose. No. <laughs> this, I can't, can't wait. All right. All right. I, <laughs> I don't want to do like a lot of plugs on this because who cares? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. You we we both have other podcasts. If you know, us, yeah. Yeah. We can put it in the description, yep. I guess, but you know. Yeah. Just We can just list them and <laughs> not go into what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, me. we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Uh and what, what was the thing? What was the thing? That you care about. Oh. <laughs> All you care about is... Good question, I already closed my notes. Uh, All you care about is Nugs, Chili, and Grindage. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess I guess I wish 
all our listeners. Uh, I'm just trying to spin it into a catchphrase. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish you nugs chilling and grindage. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we wish you nugs chilling and grindage Don't in this text my gig in so this holiday hard, season. Cluster. Life's about greasing the do-back and women on the buttons. Stay crusty, Weasel. Stay crusty. <laughs>